0: Oh, there's a Donatello bowl. <gasps>
1: you gotta it's get it. Five
0: bucks. Oh, dude, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna place a bit. There's a, uh, there's a Leonardo.
1: Oh, it's those Don Turtleflakes podcasters go, go, go! Get
0: him! Go, 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 go! Cowabunga, dudes and dudettes, and welcome to Turtle Flags. We've got a very special episode uh, lined up for you here today. We are finally back, and uh, I'm excited to get started. How about you, Rob?
1: Great, man. Love that emotion. What an intro.
0: I'm, I'm super excited. It's been way too long. We've been overdue, and uh, it's just great to be talking turtles again with you.
1: Absolutely, man. Same here, same here. It was a long day at work, and uh, well, actually, long week so far, and it's just Monday. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Glad to be talking to Ms. Turtles. We've got a lot of good stuff to talk about today. Yes, we do. And actually, this is probably the only episode uh, we'll, we'll get out before Thanksgiving. So, you know, we, we encourage you to grab your nunchucks, your cranberry sauce, your turkey legs, and kick back and listen to uh, some Turtle Flakes podcast today. Yes. Josh concurs.
0: I do. I do. I'm, I'm just thinking, I'm picturing a pizza with some cranberry sauce on it and a little bit of turkey.
1: Do turtles eat turkey?
0: You know, that's Would that, a be, would that be wrong? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think they would go for it.
1: Yeah, I mean it is Thanksgiving. I mean, come
0: on. I mean, everybody eats turkey. They like tryptophan.
1: <laughs> you will knock them out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Josh, what you been up to lately, man?
0: Uh, well, tons and tons of work, of course, uh, as you have been as well. But uh, besides mm-hmm. that, recently, uh, I picked up uh, a rug for my game room. Really awesome, uh, Ninja Turtles rug, actually. Yeah. <gasps> really? Yes. Yeah, we found it at Target. Uh, it was. It just happened to be on the shelf, and it's uh, for the new the new nickelodeon series no way yeah yeah the new animated series and i was just totally shocked and it looked really awesome and stacy was like we're probably never gonna find one again so let's pick it up and i was like all right cool so we got it <laughs> so yeah we've got it in front of the the fireplace and then up on the mantel we have all the turtle toys and then uh, the rug is on the on the floor uh, it's, nice. it's a nice little turtle corner
1: are they all loose figures
0: they are all loose figures except because she bought me the uh, she bought me the the new retro ones and opened them for me. I believe I have Krang that's still sealed. Uh, that's a new pickup for me. I picked up the Krang of the new Ooh. series. I think Shredder is also still sealed of the new series.
1: Sweet. You know what? Why don't we just get into turtle pickups? Let's sure, just do yeah. it.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're going a little bit out of order, but I don't care. <laughs> the spirit has led us to the turtle pickups. It has. But yeah, uh, I-, I picked up gosh a while ago when I actually had money. About like three weeks ago when I first got paid. Um, <laughs> I got the Spider Bites, the Nickelodeon uh, version of that, and it looks fantastic. It looks like a Pokémon, really, to be honest with you. Yeah, it looks really awesome. I still haven't seen the episode that features him. I think it's one of the first two or three in the Nickelodeon series. So I picked that up. It's still in the box. I picked up... Oh, this one I'm really pumped up about. It's the Cockroach Terminator. Yeah, it looks awesome. Uh, I have not seen this episode too, but uh, just I love the the design of the figure.
0: I did see the episode, and it's a really good one. I think you'll really? like really, it. yeah, it's got some interesting dynamics to it. Ooh,
1: sweet! Yeah, and, and I love the uh, the red eye. I mean, that's that's awesome.
0: Yeah, definitely a Terminator.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was sent from the future to protect Saakana.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've, uh, yeah it's, I was thinking about Terminator as well. I was reading the, uh, the comic for this, this episode. I'll, we'll get into that later.
1: <laughs> oh, sweet. I don't, yeah. Oh, I can't wait to hear that. Uh, and then the only other thing that I picked up, um, and I picked these up all in one shot pretty much, was the second half of the first season of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, Nickelodeon show. Uh, this is like 10 bucks, and it's got about 12 episodes on it. It looks like special features, four shorts, uh, the Mutation, of a scene, animated comic books, Tales from the Lair, parts three through six. Yeah, it's just it looks pretty cool. I have not even opened it yet because you know, kind of like you, Josh, works has been so crazy busy lately. I haven't really gotten a chance to watch any of these. But there's a lot of episodes on here I haven't seen yet. Like again, the Cockroach Terminator one. I haven't seen the Pulverizer Returns. I don't even know who the Pulverizer was. So, <laughs> so I, I can't wait to see that. Um, and then of course the Buyuka Showdown in the last two episodes so really excited to see this and this was at walmart and i think it was only like 10 bucks so
0: it's worth 10 bucks for just the Buyuka showdown
1: i know that's what i said yeah well that's what i told my wife at least and she was you like, <laughs> <"Who's> talking about <laughs> so how about you man I-, I know you picked up one today like 10 minutes before the podcast began
0: <laughs> yeah i just wanted to give a shout out to nick stevens he sent me a paratrooper donatello it's pretty awesome
1: oh take off he's a hoser
0: <laughs> <laughs> i don't know man if well the donatello is from uh 1991 so, nice. And nice. he's got he's got a jumpsuit on and a backpack. Uh, it looks like a parachute backpack. And on mm. uh, the jumpsuit it says uh, USTF for uh, United States Turtle Force, I guess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, Nick's a class act. Uh, he's actually our co-host on the Retro Junkie Super Show and uh, just an awesome guy. I, I really think the world of him. Thanks for that, man. And, and uh, thank you again for the, the games you sent me a, a little while ago, Nick. Uh, still haven't gotten to play them yet. They're uh, they're definitely uh, on the list, though. I really enjoyed the, I think it was the Game Boy Advance, the first one based on the 2003 cartoon. So thanks, Nick. That was really awesome, man.
0: You can't go wrong with Konami.
1: You can't. You really can't. <laughs> so what else you get there, Josh?
0: Um... So I mentioned a couple of the new, uh, the new figures, I uh, thought Krang and Shredder, and then uh, also uh, it's like minifigures of, I believe it's Donatello and Leonardo. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I've seen those.
0: And then in addition to that, uh, I've gone crazy again with the comics. Pretty large variety of comics. We went back in to see family in Ohio, and in, uh, in a particular suburb where we used to live called Parma, uh, there's probably three or four comic book shops alone in that city. Ooh. So yeah, there was uh, a lot of places to check out. I've been hitting uh, a couple different ones over the past couple of months, but uh, I hit North Coast Nostalgia most recently. I think that was the one uh, where I found a, a large stash of them. So I got a pretty good stack here of uh, Tales of the TMNT.
1: The first series or second series?
0: Uh, I believe uh, they say they say 25th anniversary on them, 1984 to 2009. Or 63, 64, 65. Uh, And also number three, I had previously bought some of those, uh, so I'm trying to fill out that collection. Uh, And then I was really excited to find a good portion of the original volume one, Um, not the super early ones, but um, I got looks like 25, 26, 29, 30, 17, 43, 45, 46, and 44. Jeez, I'm jealous. (laughs) So it was kind of funny, you know, when I was talking to him it's hard to find turtles comics even on ebay really i mean when you're trying to find mm. the original volume series so i kind of go crazy every time i find them i buy as much as i can afford because you never know when they're gonna you know you never know when you're gonna find them again
1: yeah that is, that is true uh, one of my favorite website it's sites uh is www.mycomicshop.com, and they never have the first 20 uh the first 20 issues i well, at least every time i've checked and they're just hard to come by, and, and a lot of times you got to be careful on eBay because you know you think you're you're bidding on the original series, it, it might be like the th- like third edition of the original series or something like that.
0: Usually, someone will come in and buy a ton of them, and that's it. No one ever trades them in. When people buy them, they hold on to them. Definitely the case with me, and it seems like most other turtle uh, comics collectors.
1: Now, Josh, I got a question for you. Speaking of the original comics, I, I just want to know, you know, t- towards the latter end of the first volume, were, were they always in black and white?
0: I believe so. I believe they were all the way through, and uh, let me check real quick because I've got the one I just had. Volume 1, issue number 45 in March 1992, which sold for two dollars in the US, uh, is in black and white.
1: Wow. So
0: I believe, yeah, it looks like all the way through.
1: The last issue of the first volume was in 92 or 93, so pretty late in the first volume.
0: Wow, the art style is very different in this one.
1: I think by that point, Eastman and Laird were pretty much off the original volume.
0: Yeah, the title says Eastman and Laird's Turtles, but that, it's just because it's volume one, I guess.
1: Well, nice, man. It sounds like you've got a haul.
0: Yeah, I, I've got more comics than I have time to read right now, but someday, <laughs> someday, I'll have time. Someday to read when that. life
1: comes down. Yeah. <laughs> if life comes down. <laughs> yeah. Sweet, sweet. Well, you want to get these shout outs out of the way, my friend? Uh, Sure, yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, Shout out number one goes to, as always, goes to our friend Mark Pellegrini from TMNT Entity. That's uh, TMNTedity.blogspot.com. He just writes reviews on the classic cartoons, the classic comic, the comics, the image comics, the IDW series. And I think now he's writing reviews for the Nickelodeon show. So check him out if you get the chance. He's a great writer. So check him out. Absolutely.
0: And we'll have to see if we can get him on the show sometime.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. That, yeah, that really guy knows a cool. lot about turtles.
0: <laughs> he's got turtle fever. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, and our next shout out is for What the Shell podcast. They are our uh, brothers in turtle podcasting
1: that's right our and Foot Clan brothers yeah
0: that's right and if you uh, haven't already check out their Facebook page because uh, it's pretty awesome
1: yeah they've yeah, always
0: got good. interesting stuff on there
1: they really do they really do and they, they're they very prolific in their posts and stuff so check them out they're on iTunes just excellent podcast they're one of the first if not the first Ninja Turtles podcast that was ever uh, made so check them out they're a huge inspiration to us and speaking of a huge inspiration uh, Radically Retro Turtle Toy Talk it's a YouTube channel uh, and I think it's a podcast as well Uh, hosted by Sween Halleck, where he just basically, he and I think another co-host, review um, a lot of the old classic turtle toys, and I think some of the modern ones as well. So check him out.
0: Uh, We also wanted to give a shout-out to Grimm's Reaper for a really kind iTunes review. We really appreciate your reviews to help us uh, get the word about the turtles out there, and uh, it's always nice to know that our uh, hard work is appreciated.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, man. And, uh, oh, and, and Nick, uh, I know we've already given you one shout-out. We're going to give you another shout-out because he just posted uh, a lot of really cool pictures of his son's birthday. And he did uh, these Ninja Turtle cupcakes for his son. And uh, I think he had his son uh, dress up as uh, Donatello during the party. So awesome, awesome dad. Awesome person. Uh, thanks for posting those pictures, man. That was really awesome. It looks turtle tastic. Yeah, <laughs> tacular. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, yeah. that was nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we have an announcement, don't we, Josh? We do.
0: We are now on Twitter. Sweet! Turtleflakes has an official Twitter page. We are still getting used to using it, so uh, it might take a while for us to get up to speed on it, but we exist. We have a Twitter presence.
1: That's right. So, uh, what is it, at Turtleflakes?
0: Yes, at Turtleflakes.
1: So, if you want to tweet us, yeah, send us a tweet at Turtleflakes. Don't really know how to respond yet, but I'll, I'll kind of play around and see if I can figure it out. <laughs> do you have time for a flashback? Why not? All right. Today is Monday, November 18th, 2013, and on this very day, back in 1988, Invasion of the Punk Frogs aired in syndication. You remember that one,
0: Josh? Uh, it sounds familiar. Are they are they the frogs that became friends with the turtles that they helped, or are these bad guys?
1: Um, I think they were originally supposed to be bad guys, but eventually they, they turned good. Oh, Okay. Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, I knew I had heard of the, the Punk Frogs because um, I have an old toy. I, I've got it in my hand right now, and this came out in... Let's see if I can find a date on him. Yep, uh, 1989. So this was, I guess, a year after the episode aired. Um, yeah, he looks kind of funny. He's got, like, a you know gold chain. Uh, he's got, of course, all these warts around him. He's got a Hawaiian shirt. Uh, he doesn't really look like a punk rocker at all, to be honest with you, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but yeah. Does he
0: look like uh, Zitz or Rash from Battletoads? Yeah,
1: kind of, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: as a matter of fact, he really does. Um,
0: I think that's what they were going for. I like
1: it. Yeah, and anyways, this episode was written by James Michael Reeves, who actually wrote a, a, a lot of uh, the Batman uh, animated series episodes. And um, this was in Season 2. This is the eighth episode. Um, and in this episode, Shredder wanted to create... Uh, More mutants But due to an ion storm In Dimension X Interfering with The dimensional portal Krang is forced to Transport the mutagen canister Blindfolded And lands in a Florida swamp Therefore Thus creating The punk frogs So uh, Shredder trains them And I love their names I wrote them down Attila the frog Genghis (laughs) I like that one Genghis frog Rasputin the mad frog And Napoleon bonafrog (laughs) So Can I call you Napoleon bonafrog Josh Go right ahead. Sweet. You can call me Attila (laughs) the Frog if you'd like. Sweet.
0: I kind of like Genghis Frog.
1: (laughs) Genghis Frog? Or Genghis Rob? (laughs) Genghis (laughs) Rob. Nice. We're real sorry, Master Shredder. The turtles got the nitrinaline
0: shipment. You mutant maggots! When I think of all I've done for you, brought you out of
1: the swamps, taught you all you know. Oh, but all is not lost, Master. You see, we heard the turtles talking. Yeah, they're going to hide the chemical in Stonewall Prison, where you can't get it. Ooh, ooh, Stonewall Prison. I remember that joint. I did time there once. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Alright, I guess it's time for some turtle news. Okay, first thing, IDW just released their Color Classics on November 13th with a reprint of the 12th issue of the first volume. I really don't know what was happening in this issue, but it is out. If you want to get it, so check out your lo- local comic shop. And speaking of IDW's comics, issue twenty-seven is out of or the current IDW series, uh, and this is City Fall, part six. The City Fall saga continues. Um, and I got this I, I got this information at ComicVine.com, but it says here with the sto- with the City Fall storyline, there's been some crazy things going on. Shredder is gaining power, but that's not stopping the remaining turtles from making plans to stop him. Oh yeah, let's not forget that Leo has been brainwashed and is actually fighting with Shredder. So apparently, in this issue, Leo and Shredder are fighting side by side. So. Oh wow, I, that's crazy. I know, I know. I don't. I have no idea what's going on there. But yeah, the cover uh, has Hun from the Purple Dragons, looks like Karai and Splinter uh, on the cover, and it was written by Tom Waltz, Kevin Eastman, and Bobby Kernow, and the art was by Matthias Santa, I guess Lauko and the villains in this comics uh, issue will be Hob, Hun, Slash. And based on all this, it looks like it's going to be a fantastic comic. So check it out. It is out. Again, that's IDW Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles issue 27.
0: Back to Turtle News. Uh, and <laughs> this is sort of a hybrid. <laughs> this was,
1: this was a, uh, a commercial break. Now we're back. And,
0: and back to you, Rob. No. <laughs> uh, so uh, back to Turtle News slash Turtle Pickups. Uh, and I think this may have been what you were mentioning. Mm-hmm. But uh, in the mail, I did finally receive my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Color Classics, The Works, Volume 2. So this is the, uh, like you were saying, the Color Classics reprinting. And this is, I have, uh, it's it's a hardback book. with uh, It's a compilation of um, several of the Color Classics comics. Nice. And it this collects uh, issues number 8 through number 11. And this came out September last month. So that is now out for, uh, if you want to get through the original... Series of the Turtles, and you want to have something that's going to stick around for a while. I would highly recommend picking it up.
1: Sounds pretty sweet, eh?
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm excited to read it. I haven't I actually haven't finished reading all the way through Volume One yet because we've been jumping around to all the different series, which is kind of cool. But and I kind of got stuck on the uh, the IDW series uh, getting started. I read through like four episodes or issues <laughs> already. So I've been jumping around.
1: Can I ask you some? Sure. Uh, all right, and please, you know, I I know it's kind of a spoiler, but I'm just going to ask anyway. All right. Does Hob ever turn good?
0: I haven't got that far yet. So I he has not yet, but I haven't gotten terribly far. Okay. So I'm not saying that he won't, but he has not yet.
1: Okay. I don't know. I, I want him to be a good guy. I always like the bad <laughs> guys that turn good.
0: Yeah. In addition to uh, the Color Classics book, there's also the new animated series, number four, that was released in October. So there's a new comic. Oh, sweet. And in addition to that, there's also a new Ninja Turtles game that was released... October 22nd, uh, the new Ninja Turtles game. It is on uh, 3DS, the Wii, and the Xbox 360. Uh, Looks like it's got mediocre reviews, but um, I don't know. Maybe check it on YouTube or something. Uh, I looked at it. It looked like the Wii version was almost uh, not necessarily uh, strictly a 2D scrolling fighter. It looked like there was some uh, adventuring looking around and stuff like that. So uh, I would recommend checking it out.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's worth a college try.
0: Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's the Turtles. So, I, I you know, uh, Rob, you and I were talking about this before. I think they always kind of get uh, lower reviews just because, you know, people, I don't know, they're hard on the Turtles because, you know, they're being re-released multiple times and they've got a yeah. lot of games out there. So, you know, it's easy to be hard on them, I guess.
1: Yeah. And I, I think a lot of times, uh, not all the time, but I think a lot of Ninja Turtle games are kind of overshadowed because, you know, it, it's the same thing or, or it seems like it's the same thing. If it's not broken, why fix it? You know? That's right. Yeah, because um, I played the GPA version. Um, again, that's the one that Nick gave me, and it, it was really good, but I've never heard a thing about it. I, I don't know if it just got poor reviews, or if, I don't know if it was overshadowed. I really don't know, but I feel like, you know, like you said, people are a little uh, too hard on the Cheryl series, and maybe I'm a little biased when I say that. I'm probably very biased, but still.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... I- You can't really go along with a Turtles game. If you want to be Michelangelo or Donatello or whoever and you just want to kick some foot butt, then, you know, pick up a Turtle game. I mean, that's what it's for.
1: That's right. And don't feel bad about it because they're machines, you know, They're those foot soldiers.
0: Yeah, either that or they're uh, some kind of monkeys that are in suits or
1: something. (laughs) That's right. That's right. So that's the first uh, episode of the original series. You'll know what we're talking about. Yeah, and they
0: they do have a hankering for soda. (laughs) <laughs> do, do they? <laughs> they do, yeah. They, they robbed the soda can in Japan. Oh,
1: that's right. That I forgot about that. I mean, yeah, yeah, they busted they, the sucker wide open. They were full, they were full of uh, crime and corruption. Hey, did she say pizza? So you live in an antique store? Yep. Pizza. Well, hmm. Above, actually. Well, I was going to give you guys a tour of the store. Ready? Well, I guess it's time to get in the Toy of the Week, isn't it, my friend? Yes, it is. What is t- this week's toy of the week?
0: This week's I- toy of the week is Shredder from the two thousand and three uh, line of toys.
1: Sweet. So, Josh, uh, what do you make of it, man? Uh, just the way it looks. I want one. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Oh man, it looks awesome. I-, I compared three Shredders. I compared the original Shredder toy from the f- uh, first wave of the Playmates toy lines in nineteen eighty, I guess eight, and then I uh, looked at this one, and then I looked at the Nickelodeon one. And out of the three, got to say I like this one the best. W- what about you, man?
0: I have to agree. I, I really like the katanas in this one. I think they're too. similar to uh, Leonardo's katanas, which uh, they just look really metallic because of the way that they painted them.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they
0: look really cool. And Yeah. He sort of reminds me in this. He reminds me of Super Shredder from uh, the, yeah. the second movie. Yeah. And man, look at that blade! That extra blade—it's like that thing is huge. It looks like a machete with a long stick on the end. Of the oh, head. I know,
1: I know. It looks like a—I don't know—like Splinter's uh, staff with a huge blade at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love the red eyes. You know, he's got these these red eyes. His helmet has uh, uh, like the three blades, just like the um, the Shredder's uh, helmet in the film. He's got like the spiked shoulder blades that kind of remind you of Super Shredder. He's got that cool shiny metal blue, like this metallic blue look. And his belt, I love how it kind of looks like it's blowing in the wind. It's just very detailed. And the articulation is pretty good too. Obviously, I don't have this figure, but I saw some videos on it. Uh, and took some notes on the articulation. It's pretty good. His head turns all the way around like in a 360. His arms can go back and forth, up and down because of the ball joint. He can rotate his arm at the elbow all the way around, although that's not physically possible for us. (laughs) (laughs) Would be cool though. but he, he can't rotate his arm all the way around because of his huge, like, Legion of Doom uh, shoulder blades or shoulder pads. So, uh, <laughs> he can't quite do that. Let's see, his waist rotates 360 degrees. The only thing that's kind of hindered are his legs uh, due to the belt. Um, but they still have ball joints, so they can go kind of in and out and then up and down. But his accessories, like you said, Josh, they're awesome.
0: The weapons alone just look amazing and I know. He's I mean, he looks so menacing. He's like RoboCop meets Darth <laughs> Vader meets Super Shredder. It's like oh man,
1: man. imagine that movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's got a huge blade. He's got two swords that come with it too, and the swords, they they look like Leonardo's katanas, but they also had like these spikes at, at the the bottom near the handle. You know, like three spikes that come out from the bottom of the blade.
0: Oh, oh. yeah. That's kind of hard to see from the picture, but, yeah, that looks yeah, awesome.
1: Yeah. I mean, it looks amazing. Um, and most most figures, you know, usually would just come with those two swords and maybe a shuriken or something like that. But, yeah, he gets a uh, huge staff, uh, a blade, and then those two katanas as well. So that's pretty nice. And he also gets the two uh, ninja stars, the shurikens. So. Um, so what do you think of the box art? I think
0: the only thing i didn't like is i don't know the top of the box just seems odd to have the four turtles up there
1: yeah yeah, it just
0: seems kind of bland and empty
1: that's exactly what i wrote down you know it seems like what's weird is this came out with the first line of the 2002 2003 playmates toy line or the first wave of it and the individual turtles uh you know at the top of the the box at the top of the card it's the turtle's face You know, and I remember you commenting on the last episode that that's kind of nice because, you know, you don't have to look at the the figure itself to determine which toy that is. You can just look at the the card. But see, on this one, it's got all four of the Turtles, no picture of Shredder whatsoever, except for this tiny sticker that's actually on the plastic on the bottom right side next to the figure. That's got Shredder's head, like a profile picture. Uh, It's kind of strange.
0: Yeah, they, it, it seems that they just kind of uh, went with a generic box for this. They didn't yeah. bother to, to specialize in and if, I mean, if any villain deserves their own box art, it would be Shredder.
1: Oh, absolutely, man. Imagine how cool it would look, especially with the red eyes glowing.
0: I think I would have just had, uh, like, where all the turtles are on the box, I would have just had, like, zoomed in on his eyes and his yeah, mask. Yeah, yeah, That I would agree. have been sweet.
1: Yeah, uh, but what's actually on the box, it's got Leo on the left, followed by Mikey... Raph and Don, you know, towards uh, the right-hand side. Uh, then it says Weekends on Fox Box. There's a sticker on the upper left corner of the plastic that encases the figure itself. Um, there's, Like I said, a Shredder sticker. It looks like a profile of him on the bottom left. And then a Turtles logo at the bottom center around Shredder's knees. And then the back of the card, it's got the logo again at the top center. Um, it's got Shredder standing on the left side holding his staff. The rest of the first wave of the 2002-2003 Playmates line is on the right, and it's got Shredder's biography on the bottom left and some of his physical statistics on the bottom right. I couldn't really read what it actually said. I was wondering
0: how much he weighed.
1: Yeah, I don't don't know. I don't know if if he's, you know, because I'll tell you what, man, in the original cartoon he's pretty beefy.
0: Yeah, well that's funny, the the original, uh, the actual figure from the 1988 series, he's really skinny.
1: I know, he's really small too.
0: Yeah, the belt like like, barely goes around him. Yeah, he looks (laughs) kind of like a creepy old guy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it looks like he's just kind of creeping around, I know. I gotta admit, uh, there's not many uh, nitpicky things that I don't like about the new series. I actually really, really like the Nickelodeon series. But the one thing, I don't really like Shredder's design in the new series. I think he's too cartoony looking. You know, like his chest is way too big and... I don't know. I, I don't know if I like those claws that he's got. You know, those um, those giant blades that come from his armor. Right. Right. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not big on that. Like, I think out of the three designs, the 2003 Shredder is is probably the coolest because he he still looks like a person. You know. Right. He just yeah. He looks like a very very mean person. <laughs> <laughs> you know? um, but and
0: yeah. the the armor, the way that it is, I don't. It just reminds you of Japan, like maybe feudal Japan or whatever, because the helmet and everything, you know, just kind of reminds right. you of a, yeah. a, an actual ninja. And
1: and I'll tell you what, the the price on these, you know, if, if you get a Shredder, the two thousand two, two thousand three Shredder on card, um, mint, it they're up there. They're get they're getting close to twenty to forty dollars in, in oh, range. wow! Yeah, um, I mean, th- this wasn't even that long ago. What ten years ago when this came out? so it's not that old of a figure but the the figures are starting to creep up in price now you can get them loose on ebay for about you know three to four dollars but uh, i would love to have it on um, well, actually one of each i guess <laughs> I'd, lo- I'd love to have all the accessories you know so yeah I- i'd get it for the staff i like the staff with the blade at the top it yeah looks it like, is. looks like something jason Voorhees would use or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah it, it's just a really cool figure so you know first of all What's the thing you like the best about it? And if you could pick one thing you don't like about it, what would it be?
0: I don't like the box art. Absolutely don't like the box art. But besides that, everything is perfect. You know, like I said, Shredder just gives you this terrifying Feudal Japan ninja (laughs) slash RoboCop. I mean, he's got everything. You know, it's right. they're brought together. He's big, he's scary, but he's still a ninja. And then also you sort of get the idea of, uh, you know, how he likes technology so much. I don't know, just like the the gunmetal blue that they did on yeah. his armor, kind of makes you think that. So I I think they knocked it out of the park with this one, and if it wasn't for the box art, I would give it a ten. Nice, but uh, I'll, I'll take it down to a nine because other than that, it seems perfect.
1: Yeah, yeah, I am right on board with you, man. I think the the figure itself looks amazing. It's the best version of Shredder I've seen so far, I think, and I love the articulation. But you know, the only hindrance are the legs itself. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. The box art's kind of bland it's kind of generic and it seems like maybe they put all the villains in that same type of box art and it seems like they missed out on a big opportunity to really make them pop on the toy shelves so for the same reason i'm going to give this a nine as well so guys check that out it's the figure's fairly common on ebay so if you want to fork over about 20 to 40 bucks for it on card or about five bucks for a loose figure they're easy to find so that's the 2002 2003 shredder action figure
0: you know what else you can find on ebay rob what's that you could find original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cereal bowls. No way, totally, dude. <laughs> dude, your turtle flakes will never taste better. Yeah,
1: that's right, that's right. Listeners, just before this podcast, uh, uh, we were talking about one of our listener responses, uh, and they posted a picture of this bowl that they had. And Josh got so excited that he got on eBay and bid on one like two minutes before we began recording.
0: <laughs> that's right. It's there's a couple on there. There's a, the Leonardo. It looks like it starts at twenty bucks, but this is a Donatello that started at five, and I was like. Five bucks. I mean, come well, on,
1: Don- Donnie's your turtle, right?
0: That- that's right, and right. It- it's my turtle. And the show with the turtle flakes. I mean, it, it could be <laughs> our official eating utensil. That's the right.
1: Podcast. Cereal so never tasted better. <laughs> that's right. Hello, violators. You're in Casey's comic classroom. Prepare to be schooled. All right, uh, I'm really excited about this next topic. Uh, today, we're going to be reading the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Volume Four, Issue One comic book. Josh, did you ever read this one before, my friend?
0: No, not before today.
1: Oh, man. Yeah, literally today. We both read this... Uh, for, well, I read it a long time ago when I first bought the comic, and then I forgot completely forgot the storyline, and Josh and I, were slackers. We both read it today. So just first impression, man. What, what did you think of this?
0: I really liked it. I was... You know, I didn't know what to expect because after the Mirage series in Volume 3, and, you know, I haven't really barely gotten through Volume 1. I right. never read Volume 2, so I was like okay, I'm guessing they're gonna to try to bring this back to wherever volume the end of Volume 2 left off, right. and I didn't know what to expect, but uh, right away I was really impressed with the cover art and the art style. I mean, the art style took me right back to the uh, the first series, so I was really excited to see that.
1: We're not putting down the Image Comics series, but I, between the two, you know, for just comparing to the first issue, I was far more excited to do this one. I had actually bought this when it first came out I kind of forgot all about it. And then when Josh and I did some research uh, on this issue again, and I saw some screenshots or uh, just a picture of the cover, I was like, I know I have that comic book. So I dug through my collection today and found it. Um, It's probably the first time I've opened it up since I first read it. Uh, but yeah, yeah, at first, when I, when I first saw this volume, I thought it was just going to be a relaunch. I didn't even think it was going to be a continuation of the, fu- the uh, second volume. Apparently, it is, and then some. Like, th- this takes place years after. I mean, really, it, sh- it shouldn't probably even be called Teenage Mutant Turtles because I think, especially just looking at this issue, these turtles have to be maybe early 30s? Yeah. Yeah, I would I would say so. And then there's a lot of, you know, kind of clues and a lot of foreshadowing that implies that these turtles are no longer teenagers. They're far from it.
0: Yeah, that's definitely highlighted in the, in the issue. Definitely, definitely.
1: So, anyways, this came out in the December of 2001. This was written by Peter Laird. Uh, and Peter Laird also did the letters, the inking, and the toning. The cover was uh, drawn by Michael Dooney. And Jim Lawson, our main man, Jim Lawson, he did the penciling for this. And, you know, like you said, Josh, I think the artwork in this is awesome. Uh, just fantastic. And it's very detailed. And, and once again, it kind of reminds you of the first volume, you know, f- for that reason. They're, they're, it's not colored, it's black and white. For that very reason, I think you see more details, believe it or not.
0: I agree because, you know, just like and we had mentioned this before, um, between the the Image series and the original 1984 series, uh, just a lot. Uh, there's a lot more detail that goes into it, and uh, even yeah. th- they use the fact that it's black and white, and I really like that. And you get, I don't know, you just get a, a lot more feeling of the setting with yeah. the way that they shade things. And there's almost more emphasis on these things without color than with color. I agree. And um, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll I'll pick out some specific details as we go through the comic that I yeah. really liked.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think the whole vibe of this issue. well, I guess the series to be, um, and and Jim Lawson as a big part of it. I think he drew just about um, every single issue, Um, and it's very consistent in that way, but it's gritty. You know, I I think this issue is very gritty.
0: Yeah, you know, it it kind of made me think of uh, almost like a uh, dystopian future cyberpunk. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, and I really, I like that. uh, That particular genre um, really speaks to me because, you know, I like, technology. I like computers. I like guns. You know, it's 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 all that kind of mixed into one like uh, like Fallout or Blade Runner. Yeah, Um, it's really cool. And I I like that, you know, the turtles are more mature and so is the setting. So it kind of fits better.
1: So for those of you who don't know um, this, I think the majority of this fourth volume was written by Peter Laird, And that implies that uh, Kevin Eastman didn't have a whole lot to do with this. Well, I didn't really know if he had sold over the Ninja Turtles to Peter Laird at this point, but according to this letter that's at the back of the first issue, here's what Peter Laird said. First of all, it says at the very top, Why another Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic? This is from Peter Laird. Ever since June of 2000, when I became sole owner of the TMNT property, so that proves that Kevin Eastman, I guess, sold it over to Peter Laird, I've been mulling over the different things to do with them. Working with Mirage Studios CEO Gary Richardson, I've been exploring several options to bring the Turtles back to TV screens and toy shelves. we got some interesting possibilities lined up, but I'll hold off talking about them until we have the actual broadcast commitments. So this was three years before the uh, 2003 show came out. So this is a little bit closer than the Image Comics to that series. Yeah. Uh, not, another reason, I guess, why we wanted to uh, talk about this one. Alright, um, it says here, one of the things that I've been thinking about for years is getting back to the basis, or basics. Uh, doing another TMNT comic. Kevin Eastman and I actually planned back in the early 90s to re- revive the black and white Mirage TMNT series, even going so far as to customize our, uh, our two adjacent offices at Mirage Studios with a sliding glass window th- through which we could exchange pages as we worked on them. Unfortunately, this project never went beyond initial plotting. I am, however, using a couple of the ideas I came up with for that series in this new one. But something happened in June of 1999 which really got me going. One of the last events is Kevin's late and lamented Words and Pictures comic art museum in er, in Northampton, was a signing attended by me, my Planet Racers collaborator and penciler on this new TMNT book, Jim Lawson, and Gut Wallow creator, Dan Berger. Part of the occasion was an evening reception at the museum, and to be honest, I really wasn't looking forward to it. It's not really my kind of thing. I was pleasantly surprised though, because at the reception I met three young women who were all TMNT fans, and I spent several hours talking with them, and together and individually. They impressed me with their intelligent and perceptive comments and questions way beyond the, how did you create the Turtles, and Kevin draw and you write, kinds of questions I typically hear at appearances. Beyond that though? It was the fact that for each of them, the Turtles had a significant impact on their lives. Each of them had a moving tale of what the Turtles meant to them, and it really made me feel good about what Kevin and I had done with the Turtles comics. It inspired me, so much that shortly after that event, I became determined to do another TMNT comic book series. So Raya, Sarah, and Bridget, thank you. New reader or old fan, I hope you enjoy this new series. I am certainly enjoying doing it. My intent is to stick to a bi-monthly schedule similar to what Kevin and I tried to do, but didn't always succeed with, with the original uh, TMNT series. As I write this, I am finishing up lettering issue two and i am inking on issue three. Maybe yeah, I've gotten slower with age, but I think I'm, I'm going to get some help on inking in the future. And my friend Eric Talbot from www.skullfractory.com said he would pitch it. I'd, li- I'd like to thank Jim Lawson for agreeing to pencil this new series, Mike Dooney for painting the cover, He also said that he will paint more in the future. Yahoo! And Dan Berger for production assistance. Cowabunga. Peter Laird. That is awesome. Yeah, yeah.
0: It was kind of exciting to be able to see a letter directly from him. That's really awesome.
1: I I think it's kind of cool that, you know, he actually just listened to his fans. And and he he was quite surprised to see that these Ninja Turtles kind of represent, well, meant something to these fans, you know. And they they, they mean something to me. Like, I, I see a little bit of me in... Or I see a little bit of the Turtles in me, I guess, I should say. I'm not much of a leader, but I'd like to think I'm more like Donatello and Michelangelo if if you really cram them all together, or cram them both together. I mean, but I don't know. Reading these comics, every now and then you'll read a story that really resonates with you. I think he just kind of listened to the fans, and, uh and realize, wow, you know what? There is something to this series, and I want to create a new saga, I guess. so.
0: I... It did, and uh, on behalf of the Turtles, we wanted to thank Rhea, Sarah, and Bridget. Yeah, Otherwise, thank you. We wouldn't, <laughs> we wouldn't be reading this letter or this uh, comic, uh, as well as uh, Peter Laird and the team that did the comic. We have a, a special treat for you, too. Uh, there's another bit at the bottom of the, uh, of the letter, and it talks about the thing that Peter Laird was doing called Blast from the Past, and he was collecting TMNT related art and photos and he says that he was posting them on his website and they uh, they actually printed the URL in the comic and unfortunately because this comic is so old the website is no longer active you could bring up the page but none of the attachments are there so if you go to click on the artwork you can't see it but uh, before you turn on your time circuits and gun it to 88 um, let me save <laughs> <you> some plutonium <laughs> well done <laughs> The, uh, the Internet Archive page, uh, also called the Wayback Machine, fortunately cata- uh, cataloged the website and I was able to get to the attachments. So I was actually able to download one of the pictures and I just posted it to our Turtle Flakes page on oh, Facebook. Oh, no really? Yeah, uh, take a look at it, Rob. It's pretty cool.
1: I think I will. I'm getting on there right now. Alright, let me get off this bowl here that I was looking at. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, oh, wow. Look at that.
0: Isn't that awesome? Yeah. I mean, that's just like... I love fan art. And yeah. uh, it always just takes... It can help to take things in a different direction or see characters in ways that maybe you never thought, but the artist did. I, I always have a really big appreciation.
1: Yeah. I kind of feel bad for that one foot soldier, though.
0: Yeah, he got shanked.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I posted a link to the Internet Archive website where you can actually view... It looks like it looked like most, if not all, the links are working. And there are also... When you go to the Internet Archive, you can pick a date uh, of when they took a snapshot of the site. So if you go to some of the later ones, some links may work and others may not. But uh, I think if you take some time and go through there, you should be able to get the majority, if not all, of the pictures. So uh, thank you to the Internet Archive.
1: Yes, thank you. If you're listening.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thanks Thanks for saving some uh, plutonium and 1.21 gigawatts. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so anyways, the inside cover, I I thought that this was really cool. Uh, the first thing you see as soon as you open up the comic book says, uh, it's got Leonardo and he's holding up a sign. It says dedicated to Kevin Eastman without whom this trip would not have been possible. I thought Uh, that was a
0: really cool, uh, little, just a nod to Kevin Eastman saying, thanks.
1: I thought it was cool.
0: You know, Peter Laird bought out the rights, but, you know, he's still recognizing that Kevin Eastman's a really big part of the Turtles. I thought that was neat.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? What's really cool is the fact that, okay, this volume right here is nothing but Peter Laird, pretty much. Uh, Although, I think Jim Lawson wrote a few stories. Uh, And then the IDW series is mainly Kevin Eastman. And you kind of see the contrast between styles. And one thing that I thought was really cool here is that this book, this comic book we're talking about today, doesn't start in the prototypical way.
0: Okay, so uh, like we said, this is Volume 4 of the original uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series. Volume 1 started in 84. Volume 2 was continued on through Mirage. And then Volume 3, as we've talked about, was uh, Image and uh, I think we mentioned before that Volume 4 sort of pretends that 3 didn't happen. Not that it was terrible, but it, it's not considered canon just because the stories were a lot different. <laughs> so this is a return to the original storyline. And uh, so Volume 4 uh, ran from December 2001 to May 2009.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: it was quite a, uh, a long run, actually. Yeah. And uh, so in. And previous to that, it was Volume 3, which ran from June 1996 to October 1999. So. Uh, volume three was about three years, and then uh, Volume four was actually uh, eight years.
1: Yeah, I mean, really, this is the volume that kind of got me back into the comic books. I mean, and truthfully, I, I think I started. Um, uh, yeah, I started with the first issue, and I uh, I was still living in Jersey at the time. And there was a comic book store not too far from my dad's house in Gloucester City, and uh, yeah, that's where I got it, back into the series. I think this is a phenomenal series. But sorry, I get ahead of myself here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So in uh, 2001, they had one issue, and then from 2002 to 2005, they had six issues per year. So it was Mm. pretty steady every two months. And then in uh, 2006, they cut it back to three issues in February, April, and June. And then there was a 22-month break all the way up to 2008, uh, where they had one issue and then uh, the final issue in May of 2009. So it must have been really tough for people who were trying to follow it at the time to have such a long break yeah, in between no kidding. The comics. How yeah. long did you say? It was actually 22 months between wow. the... Almost the two years. Yeah, almost two years. Yeah, Jeez. Between 2006 and 2008 uh, between those episodes or issues, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, issue 28 to 29 and then uh, issue 30 in May of 2009. So yeah, it spanned eight years. Wow.
1: Yeah.
0: In the letter they mentioned uh, was Eric Talbot. I did notice when looking through the history of the uh, of the volume that he did uh, end up becoming involved in the series. So it's cool that he followed through on that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's primarily done by Eastman and uh, Peter Laird. I'm sorry, not Eastman. Peter Laird and uh, Jim Lawson primarily, uh, and then Eric Talbot also helped out. So uh, it was kind of cool that they had the team throughout pretty much the entire series of uh, Volume 4.
1: Yeah, it seemed, it seemed really consistent. And the artwork, uh, again, seemed consistent too, yeah. Oh, I got my cat. You know that punk frog I had out? My cat's playing Uh with it right now. (laughs) Sorry, I just happened to notice that.
0: (laughs) If I was there, I'd be playing with it too.
1: Yeah! Oh, sweet. Alright, shall we get into it? Yes, let's get into it. Alright, so, the very first scene of the comic book, as soon as you open it up, besides, you know, the thank you um, on the inside cover to Kevin Eastman, uh, the book itself starts, it says, The moon, airless and lifeless, silent. So, very bizarre. This is not your typical opening for a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic book, because it just shows the moon, all right? And then you see Earth in the distance, Uh, and then you see this weird robot jumping around on the moon. Do you have any idea who this is? I
0: have no idea. Me neither. It makes me think of those moon boot things that they had in the 90s as a kid.
1: Oh, yeah, talking, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I was like, dude, I want one of those.
1: Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, so you just kind of see this robot hopping around for the first two or three slides uh, on this on the moon. Now, obviously, it looks like he's looking for something. And then finally, he stumbles up on something. What does he stumble up on, Josh?
0: Actually, this looks to me like it could be from uh, the Apollo missions. That's what I'm 19, thinking. The 1969 lander, it looks like. And uh, this is one of the parts where we were talking about earlier about the, the amount of detail in the comics. This is... Uh, actually, it starts on page three, you know, when he lands down yeah. and you see his hands. And just the detail that they put into his hands.
1: You yeah. Know,
0: each, each one of those lines to show, you know, whatever that kind of metallic uh, or machine types of gloves that he's got on. And then, yeah, there's so much detail in this lander. And even the footprints from when the... Uh, when the astronauts were there, yeah, I mean, you could just you could spend a good ten minutes just looking at the picture itself.
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And then he says, um, as he's looking at this lander, it says, "Remarkable, it's held up quite well considering." And then he, you know, he gets a little bit closer to it, and it says, "Though I suppose the odds of it being demolished by a large meteorite are quite long." Uh, and then it says, "It says, hmm, fascinating. So much accomplished with so little." He's kind of talking about the, you know, the primitive technology then he says, they truly are a bold species. So from here, we get the uh, impression that whoever this is is not from Earth, obviously. Uh, because he's talking about them, like as in the human race.
0: Yeah, uh, he's not one of us.
1: Yeah, right. Uh, and then it says, it won't be long before... Eh? What? Ah, uh, very well. I'll be there shortly. So apparently he's not the only one up on this uh, moon. He just kind of passes that uh, lander, whatever that was. He goes up this hill. And then at the very top of this hill that's on the moon... You see an Utrom. Alright, and they basically look like the Krang things. And the Utrom says, Did you did you find that artifact, sir? Uh, do you know what artifact he's talking about? Is, that, is was no, that the I, lander?
0: I, I'm guessing he's looking for the lander,
1: yeah, I'm not really sure. Yeah, and then and then the droid guy says, Yes, thank you. The coordinates you supplied were exact. It's a wonderful piece of human history. I almost took a souvenir, a bold or scrap of insulation, but thought better of it. You know, and I just gotta say this right now. Out of the four volumes, I think this is the first one that began without the turtles, right? Because Yeah,
0: you're probably right. Yeah, it's really strange.
1: Yeah, I, I think the only one I'm not quite sure about is the second volume. But I know at least the first volume, it starts right at the very beginning where the turtles are, um, their backs are against the wall, and the purple dragons are going to get them. And then the third one, the third volume, the image one, starts where the turtles are in the turtle air and there's like a birthday party, okay, for Donatello, I think. Yeah, so this is the first volume where really it doesn't start out with turtles at all. You really have no idea where it's going. You
0: wouldn't even know that it's a turtles comic. No, and actually, you... it's funny because because of the, these these robots and being on the moon and everything. And in particular, at the bottom of page seven, when you look at this uh, this the the crane guy in the suit, yeah, it looks exactly like the hyper alloy endoskeleton of a Cyberdyne Systems Series eight hundred, doesn't it? <laughs> you, you know what I've noticed? <laughs> yeah, it
1: does. You know, you know what I noticed? Every single one of our episodes, we reference Terminator at least once. <laughs> I mean, you've got to it's, uh, absolutely.
0: Um, but it looks exactly like him. I mean, it does. If especially because you can't see his face, and yeah. the back, you're just you're totally expecting it to be, uh, you know, the Cyberdyne System Model One Hundred One <laughs> from nineteen eighty four.
1: That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, apparently uh, this droid and this Spurom, they they have a conversation. And they're talking about some sort of... Um, oh, something that they're going to take off on, I guess?
0: They're talking about... Uh, I assume you called me because the separation is complete. Nearly so, sir. There are still several more hours of assembly and testing to go. So it sounds like they're trying to get some sort of craft or something ready. Right. Um, and and we still don't know why they were looking for the lunar lander or whatever, but yeah. they found it.
1: And then, and then when you uh, turn the next page, you get this t- awesome-looking two-page spread quite sure the droid says i'm quite sure that your technician knows what they're doing and then you see this huge looks like i think it's a spacecraft uh that's either being repaired or being constructed and just the detail on this thing is amazing
0: it really is it's it's like this huge it looks almost like a flying saucer inside of a crater on the moon
1: yeah yeah it does
0: yeah and yeah it's just it's really cool that they put it to scale because you know they have the the uh the model 101 terminator down there <laughs> um <laughs> they have him, him standing and you could see how small he is in comparison to the ship
1: yeah i know i know and who knows how far away they are from the ship i know
0: so then uh the, the next in the next frame uh they're they're talking about their guests <clears throat> and we, we have no idea who they are but yeah. they're saying they're they're still fearful fearful and indignant of being confined so we don't know what's going on yet
1: yeah at first i thought maybe they were humans but then there's a quote that said actually the end of this little scene that makes me think it's not humans that are considered the guests because it says um uh the Utrom says we have secured their vessel on hangar level three and promised them a front row seat for the event and then the droid says you've handled this crisis well and in so doing you've given them a tale worthy of entertaining scores of future generations and then the Utrom says now you flatter me sir and the droid says not at all It's your insight into the psychology of this world's denizens, uh, which has guided our work here. I've only known a few of them, and they weren't even human. All right? So I I think he's referring to humans here. You know, he says, I've only known a few of them, but, you know, talking about, like, earthlings. But the ones he knew obviously weren't humans. So who do you think they were? The turtles. The turtles. All right, and then the next scene is uh, Leonardo. And this is quite familiar, this little monologue here.
0: All right, do you remember how excited you were when the new Star Wars came out? Oh yeah. And and you know you knew it wasn't going to be that great, but once you got into the theater and you hear the Star Wars theme and John Williams just blaring out of the the sound system. Uh-huh. Every time you hear it you get goosebumps.
1: Oh gosh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's
0: that's this is the equivalent of that for the turtles. Right. Every time you hear Leonardo talk about a trash now, you know right. it's the rebirth, you've got a totally new adventure and you just get really excited.
1: Right, I know. Can, can I read the can I read the monologue? Go for it. Alright.
0: <laughs> Take it away.
1: My name is Leonardo. We made a wrong turn somewhere. Now we're caught. Our backs to the wall in this trash strewn alley. Barring the way out are fifteen members of the Manhattan militia? That's different. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I thought
0: it was gonna be the purple dragon. Me
1: too, that's exactly what I thought. Yeah. <clears throat> the toughest street army on the east side. The only way they'll let us out of here is if we're dead. I hold my katana in a relaxed, ready position. To my left, Donatello and Michelangelo follow suit with both staff and nunchaku. Raphael guards my right side. I sense his body quivering with tense energy, waiting to be triggered in a savage, slatching release. Hey, you want to be the villain? I will.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're dead meat, space freaks. Nobody trespasses on the Manhattan mullet. <laughs> The Manhattan malicious turf and gets away with it, especially when they're stinking aliens.
1: He's wrong. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles! <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then uh. do you see in the fine print there? This is something that Michael Bay apparently did not see. It specifically says, oh, yeah, that's we right. are not aliens. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, geez. Somebody sent him this comic book.
0: Yeah, I, I've heard that they've repealed that idea of them being aliens. I really hope so.
1: Well, who did they say was on board? Was it Eastman or Laird that like I, really likes what what's happening with this movie? I think it's Eastman.
0: I think it was Eastman, and I'm I'm almost positive that Eastman read the script and made suggestions, and I think, I think that they um, they changed the script of the movie according to his suggestions. Thank goodness. So yeah, I'm pretty sure they shouldn't be aliens, and it should be a lot better. But we'll see.
1: Oh, good, good. Yeah, we're not aliens, and then it just shows uh, it's a two page spread, and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, logo right below it. So fantastic and now it feels totally like um i don't know if it does for you but I, I i'm sure you probably agree uh feels totally like the first volume right here
0: yep yeah and it was really exciting to read that and to get back into it and and to know hey when i finish volumes one and two volume four is there waiting for me with just a fantastic story and art style a familiar uh type of adventure
1: oh absolutely yeah so anyways, this Manhattan militia, we don't really know who they are, but apparently they got some guns, okay? So they, they start rushing the turtles and stuff. The turtles are beating the crap out of them. This one guy shoots a machine gun, and uh, Michelangelo knocks it out of his hands. Um,
0: Not only do they have guns, did you notice the guy top frame on the right? Oh, he's got a hammer! He's got a hammer! He's it's got hammer a hammer.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, oh! Yeah. <laughs> he's too legit to quit fighting. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, and it's...
0: The Mal-isha. I like that name.
1: Yeah, the Mollisia. I like how yeah. you even emphasize that when you said it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, the turtles are beating them up, and the artwork on this is fantastic. I mean, you know, comic books. I mean, it's so easy to overlook all the details because you, like you said, you look at each one of these little frames right here. There's so much detail to it. I mean, I'm like looking at this one guy, this Maulitia guy's boot, and I mean, just just all the little details in that one boot. Let alone everything else is happening in that one slide. It's just amazing. Um, yeah, and then Leonardo, he's about to get punched by this guy, and he says, I don't need a gun for the likes of you. And then I love what Leonardo says here. He goes, oh, good grief. It's Charlie Brown all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he kind of spins over, and he says, don't you idiots ever learn. This is page 16. And he, he trips the guys. And then this is where things get interesting. Leo, he kind of like, as he trips the one guy while he spins over, all right, this is getting really old. And then uh, Raf, he's beating up some people, and they decide to—they're—they're uh, they're in an alley, obviously a trash-strewn alley. Yes. And they're beating up all these guys, and they decide to go where, Josh?
0: Upwards. They decide to go where these goobers aren't likely to follow. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so they—they uh, they jump up into the fire escape, and uh, Leonardo—or actually, it's Donatello—says uh, a little rooftop action can separate the boys from the men. Or the turtles from the humans, or something like that.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, one nice thing is there's already some humor here, although it's kind of dark and they're beating up on these guys pretty good. But you notice something. Even though they're fighting, and even though Leo's beating up some of them, there's been no bloodshed, right?
0: Yeah, yes, It's that is a, one of the major differences between this and Volume 1. Right, you right. Know, it's not quite... It's, it's still dark, and it's still kind of dystopian and everything like that, but it's not quite as... Uh, I guess as graphic, maybe right. with bloodshed and stuff like that.
1: Um, yeah, so so they they head up to the roof, uh, and if, if Mikey and Don they head up there first, and they storm up. I guess this abandoned apartment at the top of the apartments. I guess.
0: Looks yeah, like, it yeah. looks like yeah, it looks like a fire escape for an apartment.
1: Yeah, yeah. So they get in there, and this this is a rough looking apartment, and this is where I thought you know the book got really interesting because you see a huge departure here. Uh, between what you're used to with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, they finally get in this one room. They escape the Manhattan Militia, militia, <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, Leonardo says, let's take five guys. I think we're okay for a few minutes. Those militia nuts don't like fighting in close quarters. And then Raph goes, too bad. And then Michelangelo, he's kind of like huddled in a corner. He's got his hands on the wall to kind of hold himself up. And he says, is it just me? Well, this is was this a lot easier fifteen years ago. Don, tell us, sitting on the floor, and he goes, "No, it's not just you, Mikey," and it seems like these nuts just keep getting nuttier.
0: I think this was probably one of my favorite frames in the entire comic. Yeah, me too. You know, yeah. I, I mean, not not just the artwork because there is a lot of detail, and you get all four turtles. You get a really good view of. Yeah. Each one of them, but... And speaking like of which, you said,
1: the, the, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Judge, No, go ahead. But, like, you know, speaking of just the atmosphere, I love the paint peeling off the walls. like oh, it does, yeah. It doesn't look like anyone's been in here for years.
0: Yeah, and in the in, in the top corner uh, above Michelangelo, you can see the wallpaper and everything coming oh, yeah, back. And yeah. each slat of wood. I mean, it is extremely detailed. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they're really expressive. You know, you kind of see Raph. He's just, he's up against the wall. It's kind of a strange pose for him. yeah. Cause he's ready for action, but he's up against the wall. It's
1: almost like I, he's I tired too.
0: Yeah, like yeah. I think he's too proud to admit it, but like you said, you know how Raphael or uh, Michelangelo is just hunched over, like like he ate too many anchovies, and he's ready <laughs> to give them up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this it, it kind of sets the tone for the for the series. You yeah, know?
1: yeah. They're not uh, they're not teenagers anymore. And 15 years ago, so how old do you think they were in the first volume?
0: i think they were between 13 and 15 i thought i mean okay. maybe eight, maybe 18 but right e- even if they were like 15 i mean that would put them at about 30 or more
1: right right the, these these turtles are in the 30s see michael angelo says yeah remember when we thought the purple dragons were bad so there's a reference to the first volume there yeah so so they're wandering around the rooftop and then this was kind of funny what happens here
0: and yeah so they're on the rooftop and you know they go what the and, and something comes flying and before i read any of the dialogue i see this this thing flying through the air and i'm like that looks like a snowmobile what is going on here <laughs> and then it turns out yep yeah that's, yeah, a, that's snowmobile. a
1: snowmobile <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> i didn't even know it was snowing outside
0: yeah and uh, leonardo sees it and says uh holy hippo spit. (laughs) And then uh, uh, Donatello goes, snowmobiles on the roof? And yeah, yeah, it's just, wow. It's like, okay, I was not expecting that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's a pretty cool little uh, cutscene here. You know, it kind of reminds me of um, when Rass fighting on the roof with all the ninjas, the fun ninjas in the the film.
0: Hey, how do you guys expect to beat me?
1: Good answer! Good (laughs) answer! (laughs) Nice. So they're they're fighting on the rooftop a little bit, and... uh, Let's see. Oh, and one of the guys is trying to shoot him while he's on the uh, snowmobile, and obviously he's not—he's not hitting any of the turtles whatsoever. And I like what uh, I think Donatello does. This he says, um, to paraphrase, Archimedes, give me full crumb and a long enough TV antenna, and I can move the world. So he uses <laughs> a TV antenna and like busts this guy across the face and knocks him off the snowmobile. Uh, he says, or at least a uh, nutball on a snow scooter. And so he knocks him <laughs> off. And then Leo's like, all right, time to wrap this up, guys. So they, they start bailing off of the rooftop. And this is kind of cool. Donatello, he goes, well, what do we have here? All right, and he sees a snowmobile kind of like unattended. So he decides to get on that.
0: Grand Theft snowmobile.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, and then, you know, he, he gets on the snowmobile and he goes, what? What's that you say? You want me to try out the snowmobile? Why, thank you, Mr. Mole Idiot. So he <laughs> <laughs> So he gets on that, uh, Donatello does, and he's, he's uh, flying down the street, and he leaves Michelangelo behind. And Michelangelo's like, hey, Donnie, hey, wait! Uh, and he goes to chase after Donatello in the street, but, you know, he's got his eyes focused on Donatello. He doesn't realize that there's a bus right behind him, okay? He slips in the snow in the street, and just as he slips and tries to recover and get back up, he says, oh, once again, saved by the uh, He's about to say shell, and before he can even get shell out, he's hit by a bus. And this was kind of interesting, it's kind of a weird beginning here, because he gets hit by a bus, knocked into yeah, a parked like, car.
0: Yeah, it looks like he ricochets off the windshield of a car. Yeah,
1: yeah. And then, uh, you know, he's kind of like staggered in the snow, and you see this weird guy in a cape kind of walk up to Michelangelo, who's bleeding pretty profusely uh, on the ground. And then he says, Magrock here, I need to pick up stat. So apparently he helps Mikey, you know, he's kind of off by himself, and the turtles don't even know he's hurt.
0: Yeah, we we don't really know. He he's got some kind of a helmet on. It looks like almost like a two prong type helmet deal. Yeah, it looks and, like Galactus
1: uh, from Silver Surfer or something.
0: And I think he's probably a good guy because it looks like he's using a wrist communicator.
1: Right, he's got to be a good guy.
0: Yeah, I mean usually it's good guys with the wrist communicator. Right, so.
1: right. <laughs> so yeah, Donatello he he takes a snowmobile into the uh, like a subway tunnel. Alright, and it's cool because, you know, he just flies down these stairs that lead all the way to the bottom. And then, I guess he kind of overshoots the jump, and he actually ends up in the um, the railway. Is I guess the snowmobile explodes?
0: Yeah, I think because it's it's not supposed to be, obviously, on rails instead of... Uh, right. it's supposed to be in <laughs> snow instead of rails. You know, I guess it had jarred the uh, the fuel line. Yeah. It and caused, it caused it to explode.
1: Yeah, so Donnie, uh, he jumps off that right before it explodes
0: it blows a huge hole in the wall and he goes whoa what the what the heck and he goes through this this huge hole in the wall and it looks like it almost looks like an armored car it's like this huge van
1: yeah yeah
0: and it's covered in rubble and it looks pretty weathered but uh, it looks like it's probably in good enough shape
1: to run Ooh, turtle van totally yeah (laughs) (laughs) totally yeah and then the next scene next scene this is where things got uh, once again pretty interesting because you get one of our favorite characters here, Casey Jones. Casey Jones. Casey Jones. Alright? That's All right. right. And he says, uh, he's at the door and you see this woman in, in, ahead of him. And he says, you got everything, Mrs. Jones? And I'm like, wait a minute. Is this what I'm thinking? And then it says,
0: dun-dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Different Jones. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs>
1: Uh, and then April or apparently the woman that we're led to believe is April at, in the scene says, Yes, yes. Come on, Casey. I don't wanna be late. And he goes, Hey, slow down, babe. Should have called her, um what was the name he called her in the film? Was it was Oh a Princess.
0: Yeah, Princess
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh Sweetcakes, uh <laughs> Keep going. Oh <laughs> uh, gosh, what was the other one? Uh, there was another one.
0: Uh, there was, and I don't remember what Dang it was. It, what
1: was that? What do you call her? Oh sweet cakes. Tuts, tuts, yeah, toots, toots, yeah, yeah. Sweet cakes, ah, princess. <laughs> but yeah, here's this is pretty interesting because uh, April's walking in the car, or about to get in, and Casey says the doc's only ten minutes away and your appointment isn't for another hour. And April goes, ah, you're right. It's just this not knowing that's driving me crazy. And then Casey goes, I know April. This baby thing's important to both of us. Remember? Come on. Maybe we'll get some answers today. So whoa. What's going on here? Apparently
0: there's going to be a Casey Jones Jr.
1: Yeah, baby Jones. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, uh, apparently not only are Casey and April married in this issue, but they have a baby on the way, it seems like.
0: Yeah, and uh, Casey's not wearing sweatpants anymore.
1: What? Really? Let me go back. He's got
0: jeans on. He does. What's up with that? And he, He doesn't have his mask on either. Yeah,
1: or a tank top.
0: Yeah, there's no sports paraphernalia, and I don't know.
1: Yeah, at least if he's going to wear a jacket, make it a Flyers jacket or something, you know, some kind of hockey. And then the next scene's kind of interesting, too, because it shows this girl training with uh, apparently this man named um, Metalhead. She's, you know, I guess fighting against him, and Metalhead kind of whips her around pretty good. He's got a really big head. Um,
0: Yeah, he's got, like, crazy hair. Is he supposed to be, like, a heavy metal roadie guy? That's what
1: I thought at first. You see a boombox with, like, some... Cassette tapes at the bottom.
0: Yeah, I guess that's what's happening. I, don't I really
1: don't know. This girl says who's training with Muddlehead. Uh, is, is she a clown? Is she? I'm just.
0: Yeah, look at her. Look at her mouth on the top frame. <laughs> <laughs> She's got like a clown mouth, doesn't she? she? Does. Look at this. Yeah. I'm like, what is She's going on She's a sad there? clown.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Even
0: April on the previous frame kind of has a similar kind of. She does, Weird. yeah. yeah
1: it's really Jim strange. Lawson has a very distinct uh, art style. Like his art style is kind of blocky, but I like it. I don't know why, yeah. but I really like his art style. Um, as a matter of fact, a lot of his, the cover photos on her Facebook page are Jim Lawson's art, and I just don't know. There's something about it. But um, oh gosh, let's see. Oh, this is this is pretty interesting here, and this is where I kind of got confused. But uh, maybe you know what this is, Josh. It says um, after she trains with Metalhead, she says, "Let me get cleaned up and, and changed, and then I'll help you with dinner." Um, and then she's looking out the house or uh, out of the window and says at least I should keep my mind off of waiting to hear about April's appointment come on dad pick up the phone already she's talking to herself here and then we get to see one of our favorite characters
0: Your honorable sensei <laughs>
1: <laughs> how dare you
0: impudent <laughs> uh, yeah, dog that's it
1: uh, yeah so splinter shows up uh, and he's looking pretty old here and he says Casey will call Shadow. You must be patient. So she said, "Dad," and then the next line is, "Casey will call Shadow." So Shadow the
0: Clown. (laughs) That's right.
1: (laughs) Uh, At least she's not Pennywise. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. So um, is Shadow Casey's daughter too?
0: You know, uh, I don't know the impression i got and i don't know where i got it from maybe it was because she had clown lips too i was thinking that she was april's sister or something yeah but i don't know she says come uh,
1: on dad pick up the phone already
0: yeah so i'm guessing she's related to uh Uh,
1: yeah i can see where you can see maybe that being april's sister
0: i don't know if she's an o'neill or a jones
1: yeah i'm not sure But just, you know, what Splinter says makes me believe that Casey's her father, but, you know, that'd be such an age difference between Shadow and this baby that April's about to have.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, well, I don't, it's hard to say because, I mean, this is 15 years after the original series, so, I mean, she could be, like, Casey's 15-year-old daughter or something. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I mean, she's she's old enough to be training, and I, I think 15 would be, but right. uh,
1: I don't know. So, so Casey's got to be in his, like, 40s, or, you know, maybe late 30s, I'd, I'd say. So Yeah,
0: probably, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I love what Splinter says here. This is in the last slide of, um, or last panel of the comic book. It says, Splinter says, Casey will call Shadow. You must be patient. And then Shadow says, uh, I'm really trying, Splinter. It's hard. And then the last slide is, I well know how impatient teenagers can be. And uh, you know, definitely implying about the turtles. But uh, here's an interesting couple lines. Here it says, "But it's not just that." This is Shadow talking. All day I've had the strangest feeling that something, uh, that things are about to happen to us, to the world, big things. It says to be continued. So.
0: Dun 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 dun. dun.
1: <laughs> so we really don't know what's going on here. Especially with that first, at first, I guess, two or three pages of the comic book. I have no idea what that's about. I've seen or I've read some later issues, and I have an idea, but I don't really want to talk about that because I don't want to give any spoilers away. Yeah, yeah. But so, what do you think's going on here, man?
0: Well, it's since she's talking about something happening to the world, and it's oh, it's almost alluding back to the the first couple of pages, right, where you could see the the entire world from the moon. I think she's it's it's referring to something going on. Uh, on a global scale and it's funny you know when the the robot was was talking about humans as a species and it's amazing that they've done so much and i've only known so many of them so it seems like they're planning something that's going to involve the entire human race
1: i agree and like who the heck are the guests that are in this ship okay i don't think they're humans
0: yeah it's really unclear and i can't wait to hear in the next episode to find out what it is or next issue
1: they gotta be aliens or something
0: yeah, they got to be someone interesting. Yeah. Either that or maybe some kind of crazy scientist or something. Yeah. Maybe maybe Box, Baxter Stockman in his 70s. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's like, gosh, man, will this guy ever die? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's got to be the second issue of everything.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, right. And, you know, it's like, uh, that's the Baxter issue. <laughs> yep,
1: yeah, exactly. So um, so what do you think about it, you know, as a whole? What, what do you think of this comic book?
0: You know, I think that it was, it was nice because you got to see the bad guys... In their own element and then the turtles along with new enemies and i guess it sort of feels like you know with uh, the monologue at the beginning with leonardo mm-hmm. it seems like they're renewing the the story all over again so it, it's it's nice that they're bringing in with a familiar art style a familiar story structure but letting you know you know the turtles are different the enemies are different you know people are getting older and more mature even the, the setting is more mature and even the sort of the the joking that the, the turtles were doing, where it was quoting Archimedes, yeah. like they have a little bit more wisdom about them, you know, and they're not as hot-headed about going, trying to rush out there and beat up the bad guys. You know, they actually left the battle because they were smart enough to know that they needed to engage at another time. Ah, good point. So, you know, I feel like the they're keeping it interesting and they're maturing the the entire series as a whole. Right. Uh, so it's sort of a transition issue. I thought it was a little short. It seemed like it was a little bit short, maybe because they hopped around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the art style just completely captivated me and 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 drew me right back in. And I can't wait to read the next one.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it, man. Did, did you like this better than the uh, image comic? Uh,
0: I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. The and the the image comic is good. Um, and and that's something completely different. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was a little bit too different to start with. Yeah. And I guess the the part that really bothered me, sort of one of the parts that really bothered me was, you know, Raph's face getting melted. Yeah. You know, and it, it wasn't by an electric guitar solo. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, right, I know. <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, they, it seemed like they kind of went over the top to, to differentiate themselves. And I like that in this series, it seems like they're kind of gradually maturing the series into something different instead of just radically picking it up and changing it.
1: Right, pun intended, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree with pretty much every point you mentioned. Uh, I, I think this is a very well-written issue. One thing I like about it, see, in the first, the original issue um, of the first series, you don't really get an idea of the Turtles' personalities yet uh, in the first issue. In this one, you kind of do. I mean, you, you get a little bit of sense of humor from uh, Mike Michelangelo. You still have, you know, Raph as spunky as ever, even though he's not quite as young as he used to be. You still have Leonardo leading the, the group, and you still have um, Donatello, uh, you know, making those wisecracks. Uh, they're... they're literally wise you know cracks uh, um, you know quoting philosophers and everything like that so I, and I love the action I love the detail of the artwork um, like you said it is it is a bit short um, but yeah I, I think there's a lot of character in this in this first uh, issue and I really have no idea where it's going with the aliens in the beginning so um, really looking forward to it and, I, and I'm, I love the dynamic of every single one of our characters um, being put in a role that we've never seen them in you know they're all older now you know yeah, that's
0: exactly what i was going to say i think they do a really good job of you know especially when you're you're in the fourth volume of a comic what you need to do is to convince people we are going to have enough material to right. keep this interesting without repeating everything
1: exactly exactly
0: and they did a good job because they introduced okay well here's some new villains uh, the Turtles are are all more mature. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's April and Casey are going into something new. And, you know, Michelangelo has been separated from the group. So it's already, you can see there's already it looks, three or four storylines going
1: oh, just absolutely. from this first issue. Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay, let, you know, let, let's talk about that. I mean, you've got Michelangelo with this weird hero guy that helps him. You've got Casey Jones and April uh, about to have another baby. You've got Shadow, whoever that is, Talking about this premonition she has, you know, she's got like how does she? I mean, who says hey, I have a feeling there's something going to be wrong with the world, you know? <laughs> like who says yeah. that? So yeah, that is gonna strange. How would she know that? Maybe she's got some weird, uh, I don't know, ability. Another thing is Splinter. Okay, if the turtles are in their 30s, how old is Splinter? He's yeah, got to be I mean, up there.
0: He's going to be getting up there.
1: Yeah, which kind of makes me nervous. I'm like, oh gosh, if they kill him off in one of these issues, I'm going to be upset.
0: Yeah, that would be really sad.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I really don't know, so I'm looking forward to reading more issues too. Um, but yeah, I'd have to. i give this issue about a 9. How about you?
0: Yeah, I'd agree. Um, I think for being uh, what it's set out to accomplish as being a new a new issue and a new volume mm-hmm. it, it captivated your interest and brought you in so yeah I think I'd say a nine I mean I don't know that they could have done any better in trying to to draw you into wonder what's going to happen next
1: absolutely all right well there you have it folks that was the first issue of volume four of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, comic book all right shall we get into the cartoon my friend
0: yeah, counting off. One, two, three, four.
1: Turtles count it off! Turtles! count it off! One, two, three, four, It's a shell of a Okay, so this is episode two of the 2003 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cartoon on Foxbox. Uh, the story editor of this episode was Lloyd Goldfein. Um, the, the writer for this episode was Marty Eisenberg. And the senior supervising director was Chuck Patton. And this title, the title of this episode is A Better Mousetrap. And Josh, what happened in the first episode, my man?
0: Previously I'm the Turtles. <laughs> episode one, uh, that was uh, Things Change. And in that episode, okay, uh, episode one started off. Um, it had Leo doing the monologue with the uh, the purple dragons, which was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And then it, and then it switches into the turtles training, and uh, the Mausers end up coming into the the turtle layer, and then uh, Splinter ends up fighting with the Mausers, and the turtles are trying to get back to Splinter because he got separated when the 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 layer caved in. Mm-hmm. And they go up to the surface, and they're trying to get over to the next uh, manhole, and they have a run-in with the, the purple dragons, and eventually they end up fighting the, the foot as they're fighting the purple dragons kind of get beat, and the foot step in, they fight the foot, and then they get back to the sewers, and they, uh, they have a rendezvous with uh, with Splinter finally. So mm-hmm. they get back together, and they find a new home. And so all they know is that they've been attacked by the Mausers. And uh, the end of the episode, the turtles don't know this. Uh, but but at the end of the episode, it shows one of the purple dragons getting yelled at, but by, by uh, who we assume to be Shredder.
1: Yeah, um, I think he gets killed. So,
0: yeah, it sounds like he does um, because he said, you know, uh, I I won't make a mistake again. And he says, um, you know, I'm sure you won't. And he starts <laughs> laughing. So yeah, it sounds like he might have uh, he might have got a uh, Captain Nita. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> unless he was just saying I'm sure you want and then just patted him on the shoulder said don't worry about it
0: yeah we got this <laughs> stuff happens <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh, that's that's a quick wrap up uh, and it was interesting for that episode that the Mausers were the initial villain um, yeah yeah. and they, they don't have any idea where they came from so yeah Donnie kind of does Donnie kind of does a recap yeah it starts off it starts off with a monologue with Donnie yeah which is kind of strange it's, it's different yeah I thought it was going to be Leo right and right. it is Donnie instead and, uh, so, yeah, Donnie is talking about, he kind of recaps the fact that they were attacked by the Mausers, and, uh, he says that the, uh, the Mausers nearly turned their master into robo Chow. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, yeah, it, it, flashes and shows, uh, it shows April being attacked by them, so it just kind of gives you a preview of what the episode's gonna be about.
1: Right. And I like it says, uh, you know, Dante's Tells describing the Mausers says, this little guy could chomp through tin and concrete like Michelangelo threw a pizza. <laughs> yeah and then uh so the mousers they trash their old lair and uh you know they're surrounding april here and the ninja turtles show up to save her okay or they show up at least uh and then you know it kind of goes to i guess a flashback of you know how they got to that point oh yeah the new turtle layer so they're renovating this new lair and man talk about an awesome tv set they got
0: yeah it's uh, it's kind of funny so you see one of the turtles working on it and i assumed it was going to be donatello but it's actually michelangelo yeah that's and <laughs> uh, yeah he's building the video monolith
1: yeah i love that <laughs> yeah i wrote that down
0: <laughs> yeah i thought that was cool it's got like what six screens or something oh yeah yeah of course yeah, raf you
1: know bust one out oh did he yeah remember he throws a sigh at one of them because he gets so mad
0: Oh, I didn't. I missed that. I oh, didn't realize yeah, that. yeah.
1: But see, there's some wow. continuity issues in this episode because you know later on, uh, in one scene, it shows the TV. One of the TVs busted out, and then in the next scene, it's repaired again. let Donatello fix it real quick.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they're they're talking about what they uh, Donatello and Michelangelo are going back and forth on what they want to call their new lair.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I thought it was pretty cool. I
1: like the sewer uh, of solitude.
0: Yeah, I thought that was neat, <laughs> and the, the school for gifted reptiles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Yeah. Uh, and I think Mikey calls it the, the turtle cave or something like that. and then I like that. Splinter... M-
1: Michelangelo's, the shelter.
0: Oh, yeah, I love that <laughs> one. That was great. <laughs> and then uh, Splinter finally interrupts them and says, uh, I think we will call it home. Mm. And Mikey goes, hmm, that's catchy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Leo and Raph, they're off recovering some old stuff from their old lair. They, they talk about the sewer glider. And then finally, when Leo and Raph head on back and recover a few items, they get on that thing, and that thing was pretty awesome looking.
0: Yeah, and Raph jumps on, and he just starts hauling shell. Right, right. <laughs> you know, and Leo's warning him, hey, the accelerator's sticking or whatever, and he just he floors it. Right, right. Yeah, it's, <laughs> and, it kind of uh,
1: hovers too, right? Yeah, yeah. Like,
0: and... Yeah, Leo's just kind of like, all oh, shook up because of how fast they're going. right Raph's ref, like, I would call it a successful field test.
1: <laughs> yeah, so they get back to the new layer, and Don, he's studying these Mausers, or at least, you know, like the head of one of the Mausers. Oh, it's funny, because when Leo gets back to the new layer, uh, he returns Mikey's DVDs, and did you notice what was on top of the DVDs? Like, was it Captain Planet? That's exactly what I wrote down. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's a true hero.
0: Yeah, it's taking the bad guys down to zero? <laughs> Or
1: something yeah, I, like that? Yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> Pollution or something? That's, I think it's one of the two. He's got to take yeah. something down to zero.
0: That's right. <laughs> Hy- hydrocarbon count, maybe.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, probably.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, so uh, like you were saying, uh, Donnie's inspecting one of the Mausers, and uh, it's funny, Splinter goes, uh, even though that thing is inactivated, it still makes me uneasy. Right. And Donnie goes, uh, i got to know what makes this thing tick. So he's just, you know, mm-hmm. of course, Donnie's completely enamored with it, and then... Um, uh, it looks like Michelangelo fires up the uh, the video monolith. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the, the news story comes on uh, with Baxter Stockman.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, again, that's like a nod to the second issue of the comics again. You know, they were in their turtle lair, and they cut on the TV, and it's Baxter Stockman. So you kind of see that 2003 cartoon is strictly following, uh, not really strictly, but, you know, for the most part, a lot more than at least the 87 series, is following the comic books. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Stockman is an uh, African-American, and April is his assistant, but what do you think of Stockman's voice, man?
0: You know, uh, I wasn't terribly crazy about
1: Uh, it. Ah, me neither.
0: Yeah, and I feel like Baxter Stockman is really uh, big shoes to fill, because he's kind of one of the most important characters, or I guess maybe one of the most iconic characters of the series, so you'd expect, uh, you know, a really uh, impressive voice, but... You know, it's kind of like Splinter too. I was kind of disappointed with that. Yeah, yeah. You can't have everything. No, so. that's true. But they're doing a... In the the new story, they're doing a demonstration just like they did... Uh, I think Didn't they do that in the comic too?
1: Yeah, yeah. Remember yeah. it was all bloody with the, the rats?
0: Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're doing a demonstration showing how the Mausers work. And, uh, you know, Baxter says, uh, Build a better mousetrap and the world will beat a path to your door. Let the bath- path beating begin. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, April's in the back background doing the, the testing with the uh, with the rats, and I thought it was interesting. She wears a she wears a lab coat with like a, a midriff top or whatever. That not, is. yeah, not very formal. <laughs> yeah, it was like you're you're showing your belly button with a lab coat on. I don't understand yeah, what's it's going like, on here. Yeah. It's like, how old are you, actually? Right. Yeah. And then uh, so after the the news story, it, it goes to the lab, and April notices that half of the Mauser prototypes aren't transmitting. Yeah. Um, so she asks Baxter about it and says, well, maybe uh, maybe we should look at the, the transmission logs. And Baxter gets really defensive and tells her not to check on it. And then it cuts back to the Turtles training with Splinter. And, uh, of course, Splinter's just kicking butt. He's schooling them. Uh, it looks like uh, Donatello, he tells them uh, not to leave with his shoulder. And Leonardo, he tells them to uh, use a faster counterattack. And uh, Michelangelo needs to work on his footwork, and Raphael is distracted and needs to try to focus his attacks.
1: Right. And uh,
0: he says he'd like to focus his attacks on Baxter Stockman.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> he wants to show him the mean and green.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, pretty much, Splinter, you know, says, "Well, it's tough, Raph. Right? You're not going out there. I right? guess remember what happened last time you went out, and you know, all the chaos had ensued." And then he's kind of referring to the first episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then Splinter goes, "We will resume your training in the morning." and then Mikey makes fun of him he goes oh, he goes go ahead
0: <laughs> we will resume their training in the morning I heard that <laughs> <laughs> you do a pretty good splitter <laughs> yeah
1: thank you my son
0: <laughs> <laughs> or I guess I would say you do a good mediocre splinter hey, oh, thank you <laughs> I think <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah uh, so you know it really looks like Raph's gonna break the rules and, and look for Baxter so, you know, Baxter, He after scolding April, he goes into, I guess, one of his offices and he has a conversation with who we believe to be Rokusaki. Um, yeah,
0: and he's, he's doing it on speakerphone for some reason.
1: Yeah, I know. That's dumb. <laughs> But yeah, so pretty much Rokusaki uh, wants some of these mousers for some particular reason. Uh, and uh, he basically threatens Baxter that they better be ready when he needs them to be.
0: Yeah, he says, uh, I don't tolerate failure. And Baxter says, well, I suppose that's why you wouldn't make a good scientist.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I was like, dang, Baxter stood up yeah. for himself.
0: Yeah, also kind of surprised. Yeah.
1: He's got some backbone. Because I kind of think of the um, uh, the Baxter from the original series. You know yeah, how he you was know, like, a skittish and scared all the time?
0: Yeah, you make a really good point, too, because you know in this series... Baxter is actually well-renowned, because April even says, uh, oh my gosh, my family's finally going to get to see that I can yeah. work with the Baxter Stockman. And even Donatello um, has respect for Baxter, and it seems like he's kind of disappointed that Baxter was behind the Mausers because he liked him.
1: Right. And then I love what Baxter says, you know, after April gives him that compliment. He goes, you flatter me, Miss O'Neill. I like that. He says that. <laughs> I actually wrote yeah. that down. I was like, that's a weird line.
0: Yeah, that was a really weird line. <laughs>
1: yeah, I was like, that's kind of strange. Yeah,
0: especially with the robotic voice, you're just waiting for him to be like, uh, you know, this is the place the place yeah. you're supposed to be. <laughs> be yeah, like, this, this is so right the like- place
1: that you were not supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, here's a scene where Mikey, he falls asleep on the couch watching TV, and during this time, all the TVs are are, are fixed now. You know, after Raph had already busted one with his sigh. So, <laughs> you know, a little uh, continuity issue there, but, eh, I nitpick. Um... <laughs> So, Raph, you know, he, he ends up trying to sneak out, and Leah knew it. So, Leo's is waiting for him, um, you know, at the entrance of the sewer, I guess, or at the exit of the sewer, um, and I, and they, they kind of get in a fight. And as they're fighting, Don must have fixed one of the mousers because one of the, the mouser that he was experimenting on runs past them as they're fighting, and Don and uh, Raph, they finally chase after the mouser because apparently, now that the mouse is fixed, it's going to go to the mother computer, I think. Uh,
0: I, I like that in the struggle, um, you know... Raph comes out and he goes uh midnight stroll Little well, leah goes midnight stroll you know and they're they're kind of going back and forth yeah like yeah. they always do yeah and then uh Raph calls him splinter jr yeah and i thought that was funny <laughs> right before he yeah. tackles him <laughs> yeah yeah
1: yeah so um let's see oh yeah so april or it goes back to april and baxter and april's working late that night and um uh baxter says good night april dear try not to work too late all right Baxter's just so robotic in his speech. I mean, I Yeah, just, I don't it's... know. Like there was a couple of weird lines he says in this in this episode. So when when Baxter leaves, uh, April sneaks to the mother com- the room that has the mother computer that controls all the Mausers. And one of the computers, oh, did you notice this? Um one of the computers beeps. Sounds like the noise you get. Remember the original Resident Evil game? Anytime you click like when your menu scream anytime you click a weapon or something like that or uh, or a click anything it would make that beep noise oh that bleep yeah bleep,
0: bleep. yeah yeah I yeah. swear
1: that's the same exact sound bite
0: yeah I think it is it was also used I think in uh, Xcom the uh, video game oh original, really uh, DOS game yeah yeah I think it's a, it seems like it's a common that sort of iconic uh, alien type computerish bleep sound yeah
1: yeah yeah and uh, the turtles are trying to f- follow this Mauser but it's getting really tricky because the mouser is actually climbing up the brick walls.
0: Yeah, I thought it was weird because it looks like it's just walking up the walls. Right. And I was like, uh, okay, that's kind of weird. But then when you <laughs> see his feet, they're kind of like claws digging in. You're like, "Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. I guess so.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll allow it. Yeah, that'll work.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, and I love Neo, uh, Leo's like, oh, well, we're going to have to chase him. He says, but you know what? That's okay, because Splinter said a ninja is always prepared. And then Mikey goes, I thought that was the Boy Scouts. <laughs> <laughs> So, Be prepared. Yeah, so they, so they uh, end up crawling after the Mauser uh, up this wall, and the Mauser's chewing through everything in its path, pretty much, including the the main water line. So I, I think it busts through one of the water lines and washes the turtles down. And uh, are you
0: sure that's water? I I think it's actually uh, pink lemonade. Yeah, yeah. If you look at if you look at the the so called water in the sewers, it looks like pink. Is it really? In the cartoon? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Watch it again. I, I it's all notice. pink. I'm like, what is going on here? Yeah, my as my wife mentioned it. She's like. Is that water pink? I was like, <laughs> you know what? I think you're right.
1: <laughs> it's it's the ooze from Ghostbusters Two.
0: Apparently, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they get washed down uh, into the the main chasm, I guess, mm-hmm. and they're they're hanging onto the wall, and then they dive into one of the uh, one of the waterfall type things, mm-hmm. and they kind of do a roll, and then they find a, a subway station. I think Raphael just sees the the Mauser grab onto the subway, uh the sub train mm. and it zooms off and he's like two can play at that so he does a somersault in the air and sticks his sigh into the top of the uh the train mm-hmm. and, and i think mikey and Raph look at each other like man he's nuts let's go <laughs> and they follow him so uh yeah they follow him in the the train so they they're heading over to another area of the sewers and then uh it cuts it cuts back to uh to april mm-hmm. and she's uh, Baxter has finally uh, caught her. I guess yeah. she 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 when she was fiddling with the computer, um, she sees an icon that looks like the foots icon. I think it is, mm-hmm. and she clicks on that, and a secret door opens. She takes the elevator down to the the lab, and you know she realizes that there's way too many Mausers, and um, she's just looking at them all and looking at the computer, and says, you know, uh, rat removal, of my foot. You know, <laughs> I know that this is for something else, and she goes, oh, well, what are you up to, Baxter? And then of course he he appears behind her. Right and uh, found that he caught he caught her you know snooping around in the secret lab or whatever, which doesn't really explain how he got back down there. But right, I know. Uh, although I think she did set up some some sort of surveillance thing. It shows.
1: Oh okay.
0: Uh, yeah, there's like a bleeping thing, but he got back really quick. I don't know. It's kind of weird. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to randomly he lives done. there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, then he he basically tells her that you know. He says something like uh, "It's been nice working with you," and she goes, "Oh, am I fired?" And he says, uh, "Yeah, something like that." <laughs> and then this big robotic arm comes up from behind and grabs her and lowers her down into this, the the sort of lower area where all the Mausers are, mm-hmm. and he activates them to to try to kill her. So she backs up and starts freaking out, and then she grabs a she actually grabs a. Uh, fire, fire extinguisher yeah, yeah fire yeah. extinguisher yeah and she bashes one of them and, and owns it like in the face it's like <laughs> smash it was awesome
1: well i like when she first sprays one and then the mouse just kind of pauses for a second and then st- goes after again
0: <laughs> yeah it was like uh, it was like it was irritated that she sprayed it yeah like it seriously funny. yeah <laughs> look come on bro yeah
1: come on is that the best you
0: got i was kind of cool when she smashed the one with uh and then the uh, i think and then I think the next one bit it and it kind of exploded. It didn't hurt her at all, but it just made a big cloud of whatever that stuff is.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I think it's actually CO2, right? Because it can retard the reaction of uh
1: I, th- I think the so. Mutagen. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That's Carbon dioxide, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how she escapes. She ends up uh, getting into the sewer somehow.
1: Yeah, there was like a wall that opened somehow.
0: I don't know if it's because the fire extinguisher exploded or she just found it. I don't know. But somehow she ends up in in the sewers running away from the Mausers, um, just like she did. I mean, not the exact same way, but similar to the original uh, episode two of the comic book series. You know, and she's in the sewers and in the water and everything trying to run away from the Mausers and running for her life. Right. And she gets backed up uh, up against... A blocked off section of the sewers. Yeah,
1: yeah. And and then uh, it kind of goes back to these turtles. And you see this other mouser, I guess the one one of the ones that was trying to chase April. Mikey's like, whoa, who invited him? You, you know, because you just kind of <laughs> see this mouser kind of walking by. <laughs> so the turtles, they're surrounded by mousers. And they end up fighting them off, which, you know, I, I wrote down that there was some pretty cool music here. Kind of like kung fu vibe, but it also had heavy metal in it at the same time. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, w- it was good music. And then as they're fighting, Don talks about how uh, or how remarkable the craftsmanship for these devices are.
0: Yeah, they throw a shuriken at one of them, and it, it cuts its head, but it still keeps on fighting. And, Yo, yeah, that's he cool. Comments, yeah, he comments on how mu- how much they're improved. And I think Baxter, when, when he had the conversation with Shredder, he actually said, you know, Shredder was like, I don't tolerate failure. And he's like, well, you know, this was just the first run we were supposed to find out what the bugs were, right. and he made them stronger. So... Uh, they are, they're a bit more resilient, and then uh, Mikey realizes uh, that you have to cut their heads off in order to kill them this time. Like zombies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes, "Oh well, that's nice for the turtles with the blades." And you know Leonardo just says, "We'll drive him over towards us." So they work as a team, and, uh, right. and they end up cutting off all their heads.
1: Right. And then I love, I love what Danto says. He goes, "Just make sure that we leave one intact." And then, this, and then right after that, Raph stomps like ten times on this one mouser's head over and over.
0: <laughs> yeah, he was going crazy on it. Yeah,
1: yeah and then it, uh, apparently the mousers surround April now, uh, and the turtles show up to save her. And uh, when they finally do save her, what does April do?
0: Oh, thank you. And then she faints.
1: Yeah, yeah typical April uh- fashion.
0: And Mikey catches her and goes, ooh, can I keep her? Yeah,
1: yeah, nice nod to the first film. Yeah, can we keep her? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that, love that. So, uh, so what do you think, man?
0: It was a pretty good episode. You know, uh, I, I'm a big fan of, uh, the idea of sewers filled with, uh, pink lemonade. I think <laughs> that was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, can't get wrong with that.
1: It's delicious.
0: But, uh... Yeah, it was interesting. It kind of threw me. I when we went to watch this uh, today, I couldn't remember what the first episode what had happened in it. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I thought it was kind of was interesting that it started with the Mausers. So it's like a two part episode Mm -hmm. with them. And we knew that it was going to be Baxter, but I thought it was kind of cool that the way that they introduced this character, Mm -hmm. and they they had no idea who had started this, and then they see him on TV. And it seems like like you're saying Baxter has a little bit more backbone because he stands up for himself, yeah. and he's he's well-known. So he's kind of established as a scientist in, uh, in the community, and he seems to be well-respected, but uh, he has darker intentions. Mm-hmm. So besides the voice actor, I thought they made his character interesting.
1: You know, I mean, overall it felt like, um, you know, just kind of like a cartoon adaptation of the second issue of the comic books. But I was okay with that. I, I still thought it was a really good episode. Um, I still thought there were a lot of funny scenes. I thought it was pretty well balanced in that way. The action scenes were good. The music was good. Um, I really like the music in this series, by the way. I like April's character, although she has a very strange outfit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was
0: like, what is going on yeah, there? Like, I, don't, I don't know
1: about that. Um, and, I, you know, I like the new turtle lair.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, and um, I The think- shelter. Right, <laughs> that's right. The shelter. <laughs> yeah, overall, pretty solid episode. I'd probably give this like a seven or eight. It was, it was a pretty good episode.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'd say a seven. Yeah, some better. Maybe I've seen better episodes than other series. Yeah. You know. but it's, it's pretty solid. You know, I, I guess it, it, it met my expectations for what an episode would be. Right. And uh, so it was pretty good.
1: What, what's your favorite part of this episode? If you pick one part
0: when uh michelangelo uh mock splinter yeah.
1: <laughs> i love that like and he did then the first one too when splinter's walking away with his cane michelangelo's behind him like you know pulling a groucho marks <laughs> <laughs> nice uh I, I think for me i love the um gosh what was that thing called the uh sewer glider love that oh thing. yeah that was pretty cool yeah that was a cool scene and then i love when uh leo and Raph were fighting so
0: Always good to see them exchange words.
1: All right, well, l- looking forward to the next episode of that. I really think the 2003 cartoon is pretty solid. I-, I really do.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think it's underrated and overlooked, really, just because, you know, Turtles were not popular at the time, and, you know, relaunches always, you know, people are always skeptical.
1: Right, right, and that was pretty much the first main cartoon. I mean, that was the only cartoon relaunch, you know, at the time. I think a lot of people... Really didn't know what to think of it at the time. Uh, But, you know, now looking back, I I think it's, like you said, just an incredibly underrated series. You know, that was kind of a bad time to do it in a lot of ways because there was no movie coming out. The toy line, I don't know why, it just didn't seem as prolific as this one, you know, as this Uh current one. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't remember there being that many Ninja Turtle toys like there are now.
0: Yeah, there, there were some, but yeah, I don't remember it being a big boom. Like it's not like you would go to Walmart and they have a whole section. And they'd be so I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, they may have, but now, I mean, they're all over the place now. Yeah. I think that the the content of the this of the show is really good, and it's surprising how well they they follow and pay homage to the comic series. Right. Right. It's. I'm glad that they did and that makes it really good mm. but it was an interesting choice to make because for a kids show mm-hmm. you know the the 2012 series it follows the comic sort of you know but it's the characters are very likable
1: oh yeah instead
0: of you know and it was it's more about uh, it almost seems like it's more about making it fun and making the characters interesting
1: yeah
0: uh, more so than the overall story like this does
1: I agree with you definitely I think I think each series kind of has you know their own strength and their own, you know, weakness in a way. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think the the first series and then the current series, you know, they're probably a lot more fun and lighthearted, <laughs> and f- mm-hmm. you know, far fetched I mean, well, I guess they're all far-fetched, but I don't know. It just seems like the first the first series and then this current series um, are a lot more lighthearted, and and this 2003 series was a nice change from that. And there's still some funny parts too, but it, overall it kind of has a darker tone, and I like that. You know, I like it for what it is. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, you don't really see like younger kids, like maybe I don't know, five or eight or something. You know, they might not appreciate this series as much. Right. And it's the, I think that could be why you know there probably wasn't as big of a boom with the toys and everything like that. It's just kind of a weird target audience. Yeah. You know, for me, it would be like, well, you have to. To really appreciate this, you would probably need to understand the comics. And people who understand the comics, like us at that age, you know, I hadn't read them yet, but uh, we probably wouldn't be likely to watch Foxbox cartoons.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wonder if they were trying to target us, you know, guys like us that would be like, oh, yeah, I loved the Ninja Turtles when I was a kid. You know, what, by 2003, I was about to graduate high school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was I was an adult by that point. Maybe they were trying to attract that audience, perhaps and you could do that you know one you're attracting you know by having a darker series not only are you paying homage to the comics you're also possibly attracting you know an older audience which would happen to be the kids who grew up on the original turtles so um maybe that's what they were thinking but uh but yeah I mean either way it's just all the series are great for their own reasons
0: yeah I think maybe if they had done it on Cartoon Network or something else
1: yeah yeah maybe something <clears throat> a little bit more i guess popular maybe
0: yeah, or you know, because you think Foxbox, you think of Power Rangers and, yeah. and kids, kids like in grade school. And yeah, under. good point. Good point. And so, yeah, I think they they may have missed the mark with the the target audience but i mean it's what did they have like six or ten seasons they had a lot of seasons yeah with quite, this quite a few yeah so i mean it, i guess it must have been successful and i'm glad it was but you know it's just it's kind of sad that it was overlooked by a lot of people just because it wasn't on their radar because it just seems like it no one weird. ever talks
1: about this this series yeah even when yeah, it was I, out i don't remember many people talking about it
0: right yeah i agree yeah
1: yeah well all right so there's only one last thing we need to talk about there josh and you know thanksgiving is right around the corner So I figured uh, we'd ask a little Thanksgiving question. Let me see, let me pull up our Facebook page real quick. And here was the question I was posing to some of our listeners. Um, I just basically wanted to ask them if there was one, you know, one thing about the Ninja Turtles, whether it was the toys, the comic books, the cartoon episodes, um, or, or anything else Ninja turtle related that they were thankful for. So we got a lot of really good responses. Hey, our buddy Landon, and he said, uh, I- "I'm thankful for the original trilogy of the TMNT games on the NES and Turtles in Time. I'm also thankful for the fun memories and good times the Turtles have given me throughout the years as well." Uh, Landon's, uh, you know, really, really close friend of mine. Uh, he and I, we played a lot of these Turtles games together. So, I'm glad he wrote in. That was awesome. And my buddy uh, James Gruesome, um, he's from Excess Gaming Podcast. A very cool guy, and he loves the Ninja Turtles. Uh, my Foot Clan brother. Uh, it says. I'm thankful for the only TMNT figures I had as a kid, and still have. Leo, Mike, Bebop, and for some reason, Genghis Frog. That's the one I've got. (laughs) That's the one my cat was (laughs) chewing on. (laughs) Nice. And TMNT 2 The Arcade Game. A pretty good arcade translation we could enjoy at home, with two less friends. (laughs) Hey, at least all the weapons were the same length, so you only had to argue over the color. So well said, man. That's something good to be thankful for.
0: Yeah, i didn't know about that
1: yeah i didn't know about that about the weapons i guess that makes sense though yeah it's good to know it certainly wasn't the case with the original game no <laughs> yeah don't tell he dominated
0: oh yeah absolutely that yeah. well, question it looks like we had a couple uh a couple more comments on the retro junkies page yeah. our partners in uh in retro crime thank you to everyone on the retro junkies team for your support and partnership with uh turtle flakes yeah really so uh, our first comment here is by Stu cooper and Stu is thankful for the pizza shooter.
1: Ah, oh, did you ever have that, Josh?
0: No, I did not.
1: Ah, oh, me neither. I always wanted it.
0: You know, if I had one, I'd probably be pretty thankful
1: for it. Yeah, me too. I'd, sh- I'd shoot my cats. I'd <laughs> <laughs> load that nice. thing up. Torture the cats. Ah, <laughs> uh, I'll get some animal lover getting mad at me. <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: Uh, yeah, you're going to have PETA on you for uh, <laughs> living pizza waltz on your cat.
1: That's right. Uh, Theo Joseph Lester says, The original comics from 1984. So, uh, yeah, without those, we wouldn't have anything. So, good point.
0: Yeah, that's a really good one there. The next comment is uh, all three NES games by Chad McCall.
1: Yeah, Chad. Yeah, he's our buddy on uh, theretrojunkies.com. He's PartsMan26 on there. Uh, He's a really cool guy. And, yeah, I agree. All three of the NES games were fantastic. And then it says, uh, Damon Garza says, Turtles in Time. Duh. Can't, I can't argue with that. No, no, that's a good one.
0: You know what's funny? I never knew that that was an arcade game. Actually, I always assumed it was just on the Super.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Super Nintendo is really, really close to arcade perfect with that.
0: With that oh game. yeah.
1: Oh my yeah. goodness! And the music in that game so good.
0: It is. I think they put an extra sound chip in the uh, in the cartridge just for the game. Oh so wow, well,
1: you can tell it, it looks it sounds awesome.
0: It really does. They, they they knocked it out of the park with that one.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: The next one is by Andy Layton. Uh, My turtle's outfit on my first day of school. Rest in peace. (laughs) (laughs) Other than that, love the first two films and know them well. The third one, eh, not so much. (laughs) Well said, Eddie. (laughs) Amen to that,
1: man. Yeah. Let's see. David Madden, uh, he says the fact that they released the original toys a couple of years ago. I guess he's talking about the retro figures, right?
0: I think he is. Yeah, they did a 25th anniversary release. But uh, for those of you who don't know, did a a, a second Mm re-release to go alongside the 2013 cartoon series so yeah I know a couple of years ago for the 25th they did the turtle band they did the original figures those uh became hard to find and kind of expensive but uh right now I know at Toys R Us and I don't know if they have them at Walmart but definitely at Toys R Us they do have the the original series that uh Rob was kind enough to get me uh Donatello that I have here
1: glad it's uh in in good hands man yeah, and then the, uh, the next one here is from Tim Bellinger, and he says the 1986 reissues number one and number nine, so he's got those. Uh, that's pretty sweet. He even sent us a picture on there.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah. I think I I do have number nine. I have not read it yet, but uh, yeah. The next one is uh, Michael Kelso. I have an awesome story about the Turtles 3 Manhattan Project for the NES. I hold it dear, and thanks for making it in the photo.
1: Oh, yeah, huh. yeah. As a matter of fact, I'll, I will go ahead and... Uh, I read that I think he posted that on our junkie site so I'm gonna read it real quick I actually have it pulled up right here Uh, this is what Michael Kelso said Uh, he goes by super Primsky on um, our website Uh, says here I have an awesome story about turtles 3 the Manhattan Project when I was seven I got really sick for something like six months I couldn't go outside or really even get out of bed my grandfather who I called granddaddy brought the game and brought it to me I remember him coming over and playing it with me all the time while I was sick and I would spend my days with him since my parents had to work. We mastered that game. Granddaddy is no longer with us, but I will always have that memory, and that car will always hold a special place in my life. Man, well said, man. What a story. Yeah. You know,
0: that is is really cool. I have a story about Turtles 3 as well, actually.
1: Oh, sweet. Let's hear it.
0: I didn't even know that it existed, and I never played it growing up. I always know of the arcade port and then the... uh, the Turtles in Time cartridge. Mm-hmm. So I've been collecting games probably uh, shortly after we got married, uh, about 2006, I've been collecting retro games since then. And I had been reading online and I heard that sometimes certain Nintendo cartridges would have uh, a converter in them. Uh, like some of the, if you look at the back of the NES games, I think I think some of them have less screws than other ones. And uh, oh. they just, they took the Japanese uh, version of the game program or whatever, and they just put a converter in it. Mm-hmm. so I was like oh okay so some people would open up the games to, to look at the game converters and to take out the game converters and use it to play Japanese games on US games right I was like okay well that's cool well I had thought that it had been the case for the one uh, I had a Mario Brothers Duck Hunt game and I had picked it up in a lot of you know I bought I got a system and a game and everything and I already had Duck Hunt so I never played it and one day I, I was like i think i was trading one of the extra systems i had i took out the mario brothers duck hunt game and i was like oh i should make sure that it works and the case was loose and i figured oh they must have opened it up just to check for a converter right right i plugged the game in turn it on and it's turtles 3 the manhattan project
1: what in a a mario duck hunt
0: in a mario duck hunt cartridge so apparently probably back in the late uh the early 90s someone must have rented the game taken a screwdriver and swapped out the cartridge internals. <laughs> they were tired of Mario Duck Hunt and they wanted Turtles 3 and they stole it, I guess. <laughs> hey, and you reaped the rewards. <laughs> I, re- I, I had no idea. I thought it was weird that it was loose. I, I could not believe it. So... And this was just, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. I had never even known that the game existed. And I put it up, what is this? This is awesome. It's like, <laughs> did I find a prototype or something? What happened here? Yeah, it's <laughs> like, like,
1: I don't see any ducks.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh, someone just stole the game. Well, I feel bad for the video rental place, but I'm glad I got Turtles 3. So, uh, yeah, to this day, uh, I, I have the internals of a... Uh, Turtles Three Manhattan Project.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it was. It
0: was kind of a surprise. You never know what you're going to find.
1: That's right. It's a special game. <laughs> yeah, it
0: is. Uh, it so is. I'm. I'm thankful for the uh, the thief that stole from the video store and gave me <laughs> Turtles Three.
1: <laughs> well said, man. Stephen Thomas says Psh, the turtle van, Duh. Good call. Absolutely. I don't know. But somebody from Retro Junk said I'm always thankful for the, uh, the oh I'm always thankful for the SNES Turtles in Time game. That and Ace stuck because he's a stuck that sounds like some Landon would say, I bet you that was him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> JC Montiel writes, uh, the original cartoon from 1987. I used to love watching them as a child and I didn't want to miss a single episode. Also the cereal bowl to go along with the cereal. So uh, <laughs> a special thank you to uh, JC e., uh, Montiel because I didn't know that these uh, cereal bowls exist and uh, hopefully I'll be the proud owner of one soon.
1: Hey, if you do, you got to post a picture on uh, on our flakes page. I will. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> all right, it says uh, Hunter Thompson Singleton says I had all the cereal bowls, the Technodrome and the sewer playset uh, and all the VHS tapes. My bro has a pretty extensive comic collection. Sweet. Nice. I'm jealous.
0: Uh, Dan Kivitz says uh, the original Bebop and Michelangelo action figures. The battle with those two had was epic.
1: <laughs> so I guess he had them fight a lot. Yep. <laughs> uh, and then Joe's Joe Goes Retro. Love that site. Uh, I love the recent IDW Nickelodeon published hardback compilations of the original mirage comics the various video games for the nes genesis and snes would follow except tmnt tournament fighters of course oh he didn't like the tournament fighters
0: i did oh really oh did you like those i have not played them usually i'm not i'm not huge fan of fighting games as much Mm -hmm. so to me like you know when they make when they make a racing game or a fighting game out of a franchise that i like i'm always kind of like meh I, i want a full you know yeah. A full size game or whatever, so I have not fought I have not played them, but um you know what would sell me on it. What? Are you able to fight Casey Jones on Splinter?
1: Yes. Oh, oh. Uh, Case Casey Jones, but not Splinter that, that uh, I believe. Yeah. Dude, that would be epic.
0: That would be the most epic battle ever.
1: Well, I, I know um Casey Jones is in the I don't know if he's in all three. I know he's in uh, the NES version and the Sega version, because those, those two I've actually played, but I've never played the Super Nintendo version. I love Casey Jones. As a matter of fact, um, we, uh, we rechanged our Retro Junkies logo, and I changed mine. I was like, well, what are three things I love? I said, well, I love the Ninja Turtles, I love video games, and I love hockey. I said, well, who would represent that? And I was like, oh, a sprite of Casey Jones. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) So I said, uh, you know, that's got to be my sprite. So, yeah, we we changed that. So I'm officially Casey Jones on our website now. (laughs) Nice. So, Josh, what else are you thankful for uh, uh, considering the Ninja Turtles?
0: I think for me it would probably have to be... (sighs) Probably the video games because I have the most fond memories Mm -hmm. of those. And I'm torn between the original NES game. But, you know, I think I'm going to have to go with Turtles in Time probably because... Mm -hmm. Uh, I have a lot of memories of playing those with uh, with friends and my brothers the most. So, oh, absolutely. I think that would probably be, uh, be the one I'd be most thankful for.
1: Yeah, I think for me, uh, what I'm certainly thankful for is the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 Manhattan Project. Uh, you know, that's kind of why I put that there in the first. I played that for the first time at a, a buddy's house in Gloucester City, New Jersey. He had a, it was a summer day. It's just like one of those perfect summer days, you, for some reason it just seems like a typical day, but you just happen to remember it years and years later, and you kinda can't help but smile when you look back at it. It was nothing major, you know, when I go to tell the story, it's nothing really that different, but all it was, we, we were just at his birthday party, we went swimming, after that, he opens up some birthday gifts, we all ate pizza, and I noticed he, uh, one of his gifts was Turtles 3, and I didn't even know there was a third game out yet, so I was like, oh man, I, w- I was excited for him, so, We went up to his attic that's where his bedroom was uh me and uh, a couple other friends and and his name was eddie uh so we went up there and his attic his room was like a treasure trove of turtle stuff he had like uh ninja turtle posters he had toys all over the place he had a uh and to this day i don't i've never seen another one of them maybe they're on ebay i've never really looked i guess but he had a like uh, ninja turtles table hockey set
0: was Casey Jones in it?
1: Yeah, he was in it, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I said, this is great. Dude, sold. Oh, I know. So we sat in beanbag chairs, and we were sipping on those Ecto Coolers. You remember those? The Ghostbusters High Seas?
0: Oh, yeah, man. Always. That was the way to go.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we were, we were drinking those and um, and just playing uh, Turtles or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. And I remember the music being so good. And I remember us getting pretty far in the game and wanting the game so bad. And then, sure enough, the I think the Christmas of '92 or maybe '93, um, I got a Sega Genesis along with a copy of this game for the Nintendo. Awesome Christmas! Um, when I think of the turtles, I think of that moment quite a bit, and I, I just really don't even know why. But it, I don't know; it always brings a smile to my face. So I'm thankful for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Manhattan Project, for the Nintendo Entertainment System.
0: And it sounds like that was a really epic Christmas for you.
1: It was. Oh, I mean, my goodness.
0: I think you're a, you're a pretty big Genesis fan, too, aren't you?
1: I am. I, I guess I, I guess between... I love the Super Nintendo, and I, I think that sometimes I come across like I'm a hater on the Super Nintendo, and I'm not. I, I, that's a great system, too. But I got a Genesis first, so I'm just more sentimental towards the Genesis for that one. That was a pretty yeah. epic Christmas.
0: <laughs> I think, you know, that's. it's kind of funny. I think my the most epic Christmas that I remember... Is uh, because it was the biggest surprise was when we got our Genesis because uh, it was it was probably like 90, 90 or ninety one mm-hmm. and you know my brothers it was it was to all three of us so we knew it had to be something big mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, we kept on looking at it, we're trying to figure out what it was. But the box was too small our neighbors across the street had a genesis and they had a model one and oh. that thing was pretty big pretty beefy right right so we see the box we're like what is it i don't know what it is <laughs> and then we could and then we got a model two genesis we were so blown away because we knew it was too small to be a genesis and we opened up we're like what is this oh my gosh. Yeah, she was it just, awesome
1: oh man that, that's awesome yeah, yeah. That, that's the same one i had was a model two yeah
0: yeah, that was—we were completely blown away. Was, <laughs> I'll never forget that moment.
1: Another thing I'm thankful for, man, is the fact that you and I have developed a great friendship throughout this podcast, man. Just, just so thankful to you know have a, a fellow nerd to geek out over uh, Ninja Turtles with, so.
0: Absolutely, you know, and and thanks for Eastman and Laird for creating yeah. this, because uh, if that had not happened, uh, Rob and I may not have ever been friends.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: So, exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thankful for them and for uh, the Turtles franchise as a whole, and uh, and for my great buddy Rob.
1: Absolutely, man. Well, on that note, we wish you all uh, a happy Thanksgiving. And so, i got to ask you, Josh, what kind of pizza are we going to have?
0: Uh, we're going to have uh, some pumpkin pie cranberry cranberry pizza
1: <laughs> okay all right all right turtle fans well here's hoping you enjoy your pumpkin pie and cranberry pizza cowabunga dudes bunga. happy thanksgiving
0: happy thanksgiving
1: eat plenty of stuffing
0: <laughs> yeah
1: that's right plenty of pizza
0: oh there's a donatello bowl <gasps> you gotta it's get it five bucks oh dude i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna place a There's a uh, there's a leonardo
1: Oh, wow, is it already time for the toy review? Uh, news? Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, no, I'm good. a little rusty, eh? <laughs> I'm rusty. You're, you're doing fine. Well, I guess it's time for some tur- turtle news. I thought it said toto news. <laughs>
0: All right, <laughs> let's see. And your little dog, too. Our <laughs> honorable sensei.
1: How dare you? <laughs>
0: uh, and Putin dog.
1: Turtles counted off.
0: Meanwhile, back in the Turtle Flakes lair... <laughs>
1: We're back <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> Sorry, I was kind of like, like in a daze, sitting here. I was just like, uh.
0: I took a couple extra minutes. But my wife made some uh, chocolate chip cookies, so oh, nice. I yes, they're like excellent. Nine point nine five. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you're rocking your body in overdrive.